On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will be honoring a fan film that needs some funding, The Chosen One, and a High Republic era rumor before things get all Mando-infused. Speaking of which, they have plenty Mandalorian on the brain, so they'll riff on a few rumors for Season 3 before getting into a very deep dive into The Mandalorian, The Tragedy. The one where Boba finally earns his badass reputation, but has since turned his fans into overly annoying I told you so revisionists. Yes, Star Wars fans can suck even when we get awesome content. After the deep dive, they'll dig into Boba Fett lore a bit more, while also touching on a few interviews with the man himself, Tamura Morrison, and the director charged with making him an actual badass, Robert Rodriguez. The Duders will rap with the fan segment to learn what the fandos thought of the tragedy, and to hear how right they thought they were about Boba being more than a bozo. Of course, the show will end with the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week, complete with a top one from the lead dope at Haywood Pop. So cue the music already. Everybody, I'm a pit bull today. You better watch out. You better watch out. There's a whole bunch of reasons that I've got some fire up my ass today. And a lot of it comes from you asswipes. You fandos that call yourselves our diehard, our hardcore fan base. I'm going to rename you the pieces of shits after today all right and i'll get into it but i don't feel like breaking out the flamethrower yet all i'm gonna say is all of you boba fett revisionists coming at me in discord instagram this that and the other fucking thing yeah i said that i don't give a shit better take notice Because I've had enough of your revisionist crap about Boba Fett now being this amazing Star Wars character that you've been telling me about for all these years. Even though the only canon material we have on this motherfucker is him being a dipshit loser in Return of the Jedi. And then, thanks to Robert Rodriguez actually looking like this badass you all have been lying to me about for all these years uh so stop it stop it (laughs) just because he had three to five minutes of redemption nearly 40 years after he was introduced or had his ridiculous death in jedi now you're gonna tell me that i'm wrong my opinion's wrong me the one who told you educated you all on boba bozo please tell me how this character is not a bozo up until the mandalorian s2 e6 it doesn't work you can take your eu shit and shove it up your stupid assholes it's not real (laughs) all right 
If you want to do, oh, well, it's it's canon to me, well, then go have fun with your everyone gets first place fucking mentality. Get with the program. Boba Fett was a loser in the original trilogy. You know this. I know this. I will remind you all of this until I die. And I may die today because the blood pressure is pumping harder than ever. With all the bullshit I've been getting in Discord, I'm not informed. You're going to tell me I'm not an informed Star Wars fan, Plastic Kinetic, you piece of shit? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my Discord, you scumbag. If I was the mod, you would have already been banned. I'm not. Nick is. You cocksuckers. Fuck you. Oh, oh, what does Matt think now of Boba Bozo? You know what? I still think he was a fucking bozo. Good for him. Good for you. There's my Christian Bale. Good for you. Wow. He was so good for three to five minutes in the Mandalorian 40 years after he was introduced on screen. Wow. I'm such an idiot. I'm the idiot for thinking Boba Fett wasn't a badass. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me apologize to all you Boba Fett fanboy revisionists. It's my bad. I, I must have been watching the wrong scene in Jedi when the dude literally dies by someone misfiring his jetpack. He even goes when he dies. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know what I, I'm not informed. I'm not informed because I didn't read shit in the EU, which isn't even real anymore. It was never real even back then. <laughs> George Lucas had treatments for 789. Do you think Heir to the Empire would have been real? Truce of Picard would have been real? Fuck off! Boba Fett was a bozo. He had a redemption moment in Mandalorian. There you go. Good for all of you. Good for you! Okay, now let's get to the show. <laughs> Welcome to the therapy time show for Matt with Dr. Nick sitting by silently. I am sweating like a stuck pig already. You should see it. You probably can't see it because we do black and white here because we're too cheap to get good camera equipment. Holy hell, I'm sweating. I can feel it under my breasts. It's in my grundle right now. My ass is getting wet. I'm getting some uh, duck butter forming down there. Jesus. Can't take this shit. I mean, honestly, everyone in their Boba Fett, like, oh, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba <laughs> Fett. Is he so cool? We told you he was so cool. Okay, great. Good for you. He was cool in that one comic from 1990 that no one fucking reads and doesn't mean a damn thing anymore. Good for you. You know what? He's fat, too. How's that? Boba Fett got fat. So screw you and your wannabe Mandalorian bounty hunter hero. You guys took any joy of his redemption for me away by acting like a bunch of entitled Star Wars fan assholes. Why do Star Wars fans have to be such scumbags? Huh? <laughs> Leave me alone in my Boba Bozo opinions. One, because they are correct. Two, so what if he redeemed himself nearly 40 years after the fact? Okay? Good for him and good for all f fans of Boba Fett. You guys are awesome. I'm an idiot. All right? 
Yeah, Greg, screw you too. You know what I'm talking about? Spotify, the UK coming through on Spotify listenership. Not Australia. We can't count on them for shit outside of bitching and moaning about getting hats and then bitching and moaning about the hats taking too long. Cunts. All right. You guys ready to calm down and have a show? Huh? Is everyone ready to take a deep breath here? Is Nick even still alive? Yeah. It's debatable whether I've been alive at all, <laughs> ever. All right, friends. I'm good. Trust me. I'm, I'm, I am somewhat normal. My head is screwed on straight. I'm not going to go out and stab a little child at the end of the show. All right, so everyone calm down. Sorry if I blew out your speakers. I know uh, raising my voice uh, does get a little... Uh, a little annoying after a while. I hear it too when I do the playbacks, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I was fired up. I mean, Nick, you can blame this motherfucker too sitting next to me. He, he was sitting here tweaking my tits before we even went live. Like he, he knows how to really get me going. I, I was going to try to come into this with, with some sort of uh, sense of calm. But I start talking to him, and he, he goes right to the buzzwords. He's like, zeep, zeep, zeep. All right, he's wound up now. Let's start the show, and that's what you got. That's why you got me uh, shot out of a turbo laser to begin. Uh, but don't worry. I have a feeling it, it, it'll come back once we get to breaking down the Mandalorian, the tragedy, which, yes, did redeem the character of Boba Fett. Finally, at least for sane people like me that have eyes and ears that work and don't rely on material that is non-existent or means nothing to the overall Star Wars mythos at this point in time. And like I said, if you want to take non-canon legend shit and in your mind make it real, have fun. Just know you are a no one loses type of person. Everyone wins. And that's not the type of fucking world that I like to live in. All right. The other reason I'm fucking jazzed up and only parents will understand this, but and I don't want to get too much into it because you never know who listens to this show. But let's just say Santa Claus sent an elf early. His name was Red Flex. And Red Flex really fucked a Santa surprise for my little daughter. And that shit's got me worked up too. And parents, you know, you know, we all love Santa. We love his magic. We want to relate that magic to little kids. And when he, when he fucks up and sends the elves early to drop off the big one of the year with no outer coverings, it kind of sucks. Okay. It kind of sucks. So I'm a little, that got me a little upset today. And then just the constant barrage of nonsense, white noise on our own discord, our own IG. It's basically, we've attracted some of the shittiest Star Wars fans you could attract, which doesn't surprise me for the Star Wars time show. All right. Okay. All right. You good, Nick? Yeah. All right. I'm just managing my cat. I see that. He's playing with his pussy. Uh, you guys will know what I'm talking about if you watch the live stream. I'm not being crude or rude. I'm just being lewd. Huh, holy hell, I got to compose myself. I can feel sweat dripping down into my belly button. You know what else? Oh, you know what else drives me nuts? Hit me with it. I, it's not worth it. 
<laughs> I, I was going to go into like some other things that happened throughout the week, but it's it's really not worth it. Uh, I mean, Assassin's Creed sucks. Cyberpunk, I'm I'm trying to be cheap and maybe get it for free. Nice, nice. Um, I got like a real gym now. That that's been nice. And selling Funkos has been the greatest decision of 2020. Uh, the gym is a byproduct of selling Funko Pops. At this point, I don't even want to give my Funko Pop uh, sold total out of fear of having someone come to the house and kill me. Okay, <laughs> it, It's getting to that level. Let's just say it's up there back in the, like the 80s. It's like Wheel of Fortune's biggest prize at the end. We're getting to that level of sold Funkos, and it is ridiculous. You didn't even have to guess any words. You just you just sold stuff. Exactly, dude. Sold it, <laughs> and now we're spending it as quickly as we made it. Hey, hey, that's the best way to do it. You Don't know, let it burn a hole in your pocket. Keeping the wife happy, remodeling bathrooms. I've got a, a gym now, basically, with a rack so I can squat, bench, deadlift, got plates. You know, now I just need some fucking testosterone, right? <laughs> I get some tests, uh, eat some growth hormone, and and I'll be I'll be right back up to it. I might you know I might gain see some weight. Matt in the uh, WWE wrestling ring soon. Yeah, like the under the, the name of Bozo Fett. There you go. The the <laughs> miniature division. I don't even think I'm as tall as Rey Mysterio, but yeah, it'd be it'd be something like that. <clears throat> I don't even know if the show's on YouTube right now because we currently have zero viewers. So it's up there. I'm seeing 13 watching now. Oh, it just kicked back in. Maybe that's just a, a delay here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's, it there's was in there. Nico, Devin, yeah, Devin's Greg, there. We got we got some of the wrenches Liam. there. It doesn't look like Tones is going to make this one. He's probably dealing with uh, real life nonsense. We know typically when Tones doesn't show up, he's dealing with what he calls the bitch. Uh, I've never met her, so I'm just taking his his word and relaying it to you all. But yeah, the the regular people are here, but we need more. Come on, I mean the the, the days of ten to twenty uh, live stream viewers are, are getting kind of old and pathetic. So let's increase those numbers. Although I'm not sure my opening today bodes well for getting new <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. We'll uh, see who's left. This may be the last episode of the Star Wars Time Show because Matt may have run all of our fans directly into the arms of KRT and George right. Mason. Yeah, so. uh, people that are, are more accepting of their own fans and let their own fans say <laughs> dumb shit and just, you know, let it brush off their back. That That's not me. I'm going to sit here and I will react to most everything because I am insane. Like, Nick's like, why do you even pay attention to them? I said, I can't fucking help it. I can't help it. Uh, the one that the, a grief cardboard is in the house. Thank God. <sighs> Anytime I see that name, it just brings a calmness to my soul. <laughs> grief cardboard. We speak your name. Show wasn't showing up in my feed. Well, hey, that, what else is new? Instagram trying to bury us. Why not? Everyone's trying to bury us. The man is against the Star Wars time show. But anyways, getting the home gym in there, throwing some weights around was fun. I was talking to Bossajan about it because he uh, he's a power lifter. I'm not a power lifter. I'm more of a a body sculptor these days. <laughs> uh, but he's throwing some weight around. Yeah, you know, I do like chatting with the fans. Uh, but these days, I'm thinking just the one on one interactions, the whole Discord stuff. I may stay away from, uh, <laughs> especially on Fridays because it's like it, here's what really burns my ass, Nick. We have a spoiler channel in Discord. Okay. Yes, we do. 
specifically requested. Right. This Friday in particular, and I will take the blame because we've made fun of other people that bitch about spoilers, but it's like, come on, like, at least use the, the avenues we've given you to not fuck up my life. So we, we have this spoiler channel on Discord for people to get in there and, and, and go nuts after Mando in particular. This Friday, Nick, I, I got motherfuckers like Greg dropping huge spoilers in Instagram. So when I'm going through doing my thing before I watch the episode, he's like, oh, dude, what do you think now about the HasLab project? We're a bunch of assholes, right? I'm like, okay, so I'm guessing the Razor Crest is going to get fucking blown up. Thanks, Greg. It's like, hey, put the fucking spoilers in Discord. Don't fuck with me on Instagram. Yes, I probably should have just... Left Instagram alone early Friday morning and got right to uh, the Mando, so I'm not that upset. But it's like, come on, Greg, you know better. <laughs> Leave it in Discord. And the other thing from Discord, the, the, the plastic kinetic the saying I'm not informed. Uh, you might as well reach through and kick me in the balls with a comment like that. I'm not informed because I didn't waste my time on the EU. Excuse me, sir. But go blow a goat, all right? Get a fucking life with the EU and all this shit. Don't you dare ever say that I am uninformed when it comes to Star Wars. Don't you dare. All right, dude. We're going to help out a, another group of Star Wars fans. Uh, Star Wars fans that have figured out how to actually become popular on the internet. Something that still eludes us to this day. Yes. And, and there are some fans, even in our little small group of fandos, that may know about this channel. But we're talking about, you can see it here in the live stream, we are talking about Sneaky Zebra. All right? Sneaky Zebra, they've been around for a while. I was telling Nick, uh, it was kind of a surprise, first off, to get contacted by a blue check mark on IG to check something out. So... Uh, you got that, so that just goes to show you that these guys and girls have been around for quite some time. Uh, uh, but they hit us up, and, and like I said, I, I've known about Sneaky for a while. They, they do a lot of pop culture type of silliness on YouTube, a lot of cosplay videos from all the cons that used to take place when we didn't have COVID all over the motherfucking world. Uh, they had a huge channel. I mean, like 160,000. Some of their videos were in the million views. Uh, but it looks like they, they've kind of taken a break and maybe they're, they're changing gears, but they're, they're working on a Star Wars fan film. Uh, they've done work on it. They've, they've put work into it. We've got a trailer. We've got scenes. We've got kind of a general write-up or, or synopsis of the film. But it's called Echoes of Darkness, Star Wars fan film. And they asked us to kind of help them get the word out to other Star Wars fans, other Star Wars creators, uh, you know, fans that like the fan verse, if you will. I can remember a time when Lucasfilm actually hosted official Star Wars fan, fan film contests. It's been a, yeah. a few years since that's happened. Uh, but yeah, we love this world. Uh, a lot of people listen to this show themselves are Star Wars artists. They're creating their own little homages to the universe through toy photography, real ass paint, you name it. So Sneaky Zebra, they're, they're, they're making a fan film and they need us. They need some dollars to help get it finished. And it's, I wouldn't say it's as much as most fan projects, Nick, like what they're asking. Yeah. Uh, I think they're asking for a total of, of 13 K 
Yeah, which is, I mean, they're they're a UK based company, so this is probably like around ten thousand uh, pounds, and it just translates over into thirteen k for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, usually, especially given the level of uh, sophistication we're seeing with the CGI, the the actors, and they have like a full film crew, like the, the what we've seen of this. $10,000 is is not a lot for something of this quality. So I was very surprised to see that. Yeah, and, and Nick and I, we, we've both checked out. There's a teaser trailer that I, I you know, I recommend all you, you watching. I'm not going to play it now out of fear of shit blowing up. And today is not a day I need to deal <laughs> with a major technical issue. But I'll, I'll just kind of give you a, a synopsis of what we're looking at. So Echoes of Darkness takes place about 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Uh, and it's telling a story that we don't usually get even in the fan film universe. Uh, you know, Nick, a lot of times in the fan films, they're either directly using characters that we've seen in the movies as their stars, or they're, you know, uh, cooking up their own Jedi tales, their own Sith tales. You're going to see some Force, you're going to see some lightsabers. Yeah. I mean, that's typically what you're going to get in a Star Wars fan film because, hey, it works. It, it, you get that visual flair. You get the the laser swords and the blaster bolts. So, you know, sometimes you can uh, generate an audience with that. What Sneaky's trying to do here with Echoes of Darkness or what they have done, they just need to finish it. Is they're following just a band of ragtag scavengers uh, led by Fiuton Desine. That's how I'm saying it for now. Maybe it's Desine. Uh, they're they're essentially like treasure hunters. Uh, they're in the New Republic, and they are hired to find a more recent relic on the forest moon of Endor. Uh, so if you watch the trailer, you can kind of get an idea of what they're looking for. But these scavengers are essentially on Endor looking for shit you may find on Endor after a battle between the Rebels and the Empire. And one thing in particular, Vader's helmet, as we know, made it into TFA. Echoes of Darkness is here to kind of tell that story. Yeah. How did Kylo get that burnt-up helmet? So, I, Nick, I think it's a, it's a really interesting idea for a fan film. Uh, they're exploring something new that is not only going to be different than what we've seen from fan films, but it's also going to tell us, at least fan fiction wise, a story that will be relevant to the sequel trilogy. Yeah, it's a really cool tie in. I really like what the, the direction of the story is and the characters that they've chosen to use. Like you said, it's not like a Darth Maul fan film where you just get to see, you know, a stunt guy do really awesome shit dressed as Darth Maul. It's telling a relevant story to the new canon, and it's giving you new characters to attach yourself to, not just following along somebody else that you've already seen before. Um, and all of these people that that are in this um, this fan film have, you know, either writing, acting, or directing credits. They've been on either YouTube series of their own. They're streamers. They do their own thing. So it was really cool to see that they pulled in some popular. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm scrolling members. through the cast right now. You got Jenny Lorenzo. She's playing Lieutenant Nalen. Nalen. Sorry, guys, yeah. if you're listening, we don't we didn't study the pronunciations here. Mm -hmm. uh, Mari Takahashi, who I believe is on a lot of the Smosh videos, uh, gaming yes. videos. She's Commander Tycho. Mm -hmm. uh, Anna Brizzy voices Brisbane. 
as space bears. The space bear. So I guess she's doing multiple Ewok voices. Yeah, well, I, I watched a clip and I, I see where the Ewok comes in and it, it, they actually fucking vaporize it. So it's kind of uh-huh. funny, but. Um, that's all she does and there's uh these are like some of the newer cast members there's other cast members as well um it's a cool project and i mean they've already raised this is u.s dollars by the way this isn't the the great british pounds that we're talking about they've already raised almost fifty five hundred dollars of their thirteen thousand dollar goal and it's on indiegogo so anything that you contribute they will get that's how indiegogo works it's not like kickstarter where if they don't reach their goal they don't get the money so even if you only have you know five dollars a dollar whatever kick it into them and then they'll get it and even if they miss their goal they can still use it according to them they're 80 percent finished with the production already they just need this extra money to finish things off so you know a lot of probably post-production work still needs to be done uh if they need to buy any sort of licensing or anything like that prop stuff for the for the final moments of the film they'll probably use it there um but you know this stuff like this is what really keeps the the community alive and not just the community but it 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 inspires other creators to do similar things like you were saying matt i mean we already have a a vibrant and and robust toy photography community and stuff like this and what you know the the vfx team that that remade the the vader obi-wan fight like things like that inspire others to to create awesome content so it's really cool yeah to see and this this is this it. is no bullshit either like echoes of darkness I, I watch what you can there's a trailer and a clip it's quality I yeah, mean, yeah it it's, it's gonna look like a youtube fan film but these days that's not a bad thing i mean these people have put in work into the costumes the sets uh the the vfx it's legit. I would tell if it was fucking stupid. I mean, I'm telling yeah. you right now, I'm not I'm not a shill for anybody. I mean, these guys asked, we're not getting anything, but at this point, if they get funded, they better put our, our fucking faces in the credits or something. <laughs> so if you're listening, Sneaky Zebra, Gary, come on, help, help <laughs> us out. Help out the Star Wars time show, even though we're probably only talking about, in the end, maybe 500 people. <laughs> <laughs> you never know we may be the we may be the star wars fan podcast to get echoes of darkness to their goal hey man apparently we're pretty big in the uk we don't have like <laughs> again podcast platforms don't tell you real numbers but but the uk is where we popped off in uh yeah we uh, you can check on our instagram i put out our, our spotify the like the podcast 2020 bullshit and uh, everything looked like it went up. It, it still obviously is way, way, way under my expectations, but we, we grew by hundreds of percentages. So uh, basically in the UK, we went from one fan to 10 to fans. Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To four fans <laughs> in some of the other countries, uh, pretty much the same type of growth, but Hey, we'll get there one day. So uh, I'm sure Nick will have it linked in the post shell for episode 140 of the star Wars time show. Uh, but if you're listening now and you, you want to go take a break from the Star Wars Time Show, you're worried about me yelling again <laughs> or getting insane, uh, search for Echoes of Darkness and you will be taken to the promised land to donate. Yep. Indiegogo. Uh, one, one quick thing, Nick, before we get into our actual topics on the day. Uh, and this is just more of a PSA. Just everyone that is kind of sleuthy or they like to speculate, or they like to get some news that will allow them to speculate. 
Uh, let's keep our eyes and ears open for this Thursday, December 10. This is the day that Disney is having its big investor call. And there's a lot of word on the street that during this call, Disney is going to be essentially delivering its roadmap. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to pull a WB and they're going to say, hey, in 2021, all our shit is going D plus and theaters hand in hand. But there is a lot of uh, rumors out there that we are going to finally get some updates on future Star Wars films film yeah and potentially some more disney plus stuff so uh, i'm sure one of us if, if we get any of that we'll, we'll have a post out on starwarstime.net on thursday uh, but i just want to get that out there that this week or maybe this time next week we will be talking about some tangible star wars film information yeah uh, which is exciting i, I mean I, obviously mandalorian has shown us that star wars excels in the short form, in fact, it's probably better than it's ever been. But I still want me some Star Wars movies. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they at least announced, you know, a an update to the timeline. The last one that we got was basically everything got pushed back a year. <laughs> yeah, it was just question COVID. marks like, yeah, film, 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 maybe. Yeah, it, it's anything we were supposed to get twenty twenty one. That was supposed to be the re-intro. Now it's 2022. Everything pushed back due to COVID restrictions on filming and stuff like that. So Which, Nick, that move. It's probably going to get even further pushed back because this was back, I think, when people pretended that, you know, at least in America here, that we, one of these days we may get our shit together and buy into masks and trying to cut down the spread. But clearly that wasn't the case we had almost just as many people travel for thanksgiving this year as we did last year uh so who knows i mean those were their original covid delays yeah at this point it could it could be even greater or yeah it, it could... kind of feels like productions are starting though like now that now that people have figured out you know the the safe procedures if there are any i mean like the, the you know the quote-unquote safe procedures to do it like Filming has started for a lot of projects that were delayed. Right. And I think every production yeah. has had to shut down or take a yeah. break because of COVID. So yeah. it can't be done, motherfuckers, unless this is in a, a bubble. We've proven it, proven it across the board. The NFL can't handle themselves. Amateur sports, it's a fucking shit show. I mean, my boys, the Buckeyes, are going to end up only playing five games because Michigan already canceled the game this fucking week. I saw that. Michigan's missed the past two fucking weeks because of COVID. Amateur sports should have never happened, but hey, freedom, liberties, got to have our toys. Uh, it's it's insanity. So, I mean, who knows if, if 2022 is even going to be real anymore yeah. unless it's for TV because... With the smaller production, smaller budgets, I think they're more comfortable greenlighting that shit in this time of uncertainty versus the mega blockbusters. And honestly, Nick, let's talk about the WWB deal a little bit and what it could mean. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, WB essentially said for the time being in 2021, all their big films are dual releasing. They're going to HBO Max theater day and date, like no bullshit. Yep. You can see it in the theater. It's actually going to start with Wonder Woman on Christmas Day. That's the first first one of the WB movies that is following this new model. So I guess my question to you, Nick. 
I, I assume you're like me and, and as a consumer of cinema, you're like, Hey, fine. Especially now I will finally be able to see new movies. It's not going to be in my preferred format to see said movies. I mean, a, a wonder woman should not be viewed in your home. The first time Dune yeah. should not be viewed in your home the first time, but we also have something going around killing in America, sometimes almost 4,000 people a day. So, uh, you know what, maybe I'm not going to go to the movies to see these films as they should be seen. So I, at least uh, selfishly as someone that loves film, seeing new movies, missing seeing new movies in 2020, I'm like, fine. It it gives me an option to finally start watching some new movies. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's my opinion on it. As a consumer, I feel like that. I, like, I definitely... I'm happy that we're going to get the option to watch these new properties on HBO Max. I, I subscribe to HBO Max, so I mean, subscribe. I get it free through my AT&T internet package, so I don't have to pay for it. So that's even doubly awesome. Uh, it makes sense. I'm happy that I can do it. Um, still, you know, a lot of theaters are closed. A lot of theaters are doing limited openings. Like you can rent out a whole theater for yourself if you want to do that. I know. And fuck. It's cheap you know? too. It's only like a hundred bucks for 10 people. Dude, or I something. was going to say, if you want to have that theater experience with Wonder Woman 1984, then you just rent the whole theater yourself. You say like, hey, friend, you know, uh, intern, you come, we'll watch it together with our families. That breaks out to what? Like 50 bucks per couple. And then y'all can sit on opposite sides of the theater. You don't have to be around each other. I mean, there, there's, you know, that would be interesting. But, but for me, I'm, I'm happy that it is coming to yeah. like home streaming services. And then from a business standpoint, here's what I'll say. If I was a business, I would, I would say fuck theaters altogether. If I had a deal, if I, if I had a deal with a streaming service or I had my own streaming service, I'd be like, peace out. The only reason not to do it now is because there are creators and directors who refuse to work only on streaming services. I I was going to say, Nick, okay, that's who I was going to because he just kind of aired his grievances. I read his interview today and uh, him being an artist, he is none too thrilled with this. And I guess I I will tell you why, too. His beef beef was more wb didn't tell anybody any of the creators any of the actors any of the writers they didn't they didn't tell anyone they were doing this they probably didn't have to or they would have done it like if if they would have had to tell them they would have told them right nick because of lawyers and contracts and whatnot it probably contracts now don't even include shit like that right because but no one's saying like listen wb they, they they got all this great work from these actors actresses directors writers stuntmen stunt women everything and with zero consultation they made this decision across the board to release day and date in the home and the theater and he's like i think that's fucked up but he's also he's very traditional when it comes to the theater like to me he's almost archaic like he still has to shoot on film all the time because that's what they did back then and it's more artistic and And i'll say this for nolan Yes, I, I do. I do think that 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 he does have an attachment to theater in a personal sense, but his grievance is based off of one word, and it's points. You can't calculate box office points if it goes to a streaming service, like because right, I I assume those are just lump sum deals. Like the studio yeah. will go to HBO. Hey, you want Wonder Woman, two hundred million dollars or a hundred exactly. million dollars? You can have it. Yeah. So there's no way. So like all of these directors, usually directors, 
have points on the back end of a movie unless you're a literal no name. Like they will have like, okay, exactly. you, we're, we're going to pay you $200,000, but you but, get five points exactly, on the back end. Right. And even if you're a great actor, like a cruise or, yeah. or someone like that, they'll, they'll also take points they'll, they'll instead of points. a salary. And, and with streaming deals like this, with this HBO max streaming deal with WB, like, okay, you know, you release, like you said, Wonder Woman 1984 on that. Nobody, you make 500 million at the theaters for Wonder Woman 1984. You know, that's probably a letdown. They're probably expecting 750 to a billion for, for Wonder Woman in theaters. So you cut your theater in half and you have no way to quantify your, your streaming. Right. Because people who are already subscribed are going to watch it. And then you have to basically guess like, okay, well, how many new people subscribe just to watch Wonder Woman? And then how do you how do you say like okay well we we'll give you x amount of money director based off of streaming views yeah Nick like it's, I, I it's think a new thing I think that's what Disney explored with how they released Mulan because yes. they they like double dip there that they, they, you could almost get a true indication of of how much movie that money made on D plus because they fucking made subscribers pay yeah. more for it. You essentially had to pay $50 to watch Mulan. Of course. Like you had to pay your, if you wanted to pay one month, actually it was like one month for Disney Plus it was, was like It would have been like $40. It was almost yeah. 40 bucks. I think it was 30 for the movie and then whatever your yearly fee was, yeah. depending on how you signed up for D plus. So if, if like that is probably the better way to do it. Yes, obviously is to, to charge an additional fee on top of it. I don't know what the numbers look like there. I don't know if Disney came out and said, maybe we'll hear on the investors call whether there was profitability in doing that. But that is an easier way to track. You can tell your director like, hey, we wa- we had 1 million playthroughs of uh, of Mulan on Disney Plus at $35 million. So like, shut the fuck up. Like it did pretty well, you know? Uh, it's it's one of those things that this is going to be the future of, I do. of, that, that's, of film distribution. Right. I, I think, and don't get me wrong, I I would be very disappointed if the movie theater experience became extinct. But we got to be real. I mean, with the way this shift, I think WB, they were the first one to dip their toe in the water. I think every studio will be watching WB closely in 2021 and see what type of reaction they get, what type of sales they get, both in the theater and however they do the uh, uh, the math for the HBO Max shit. And, and you're probably going to start to see more of this happen. And I know the artists and I know the directors probably aren't going to be happy, but hey, for the next couple years, everyone's going to have to course correct in that industry to account for fucking COVID yeah, and, and what and it look, did and what it killed and everything it delayed. I mean, and here's also a factor too. Warner Brothers owns a good portion of HBO Max. Like Warner <laughs> Brothers, I don't know what percentage of HBO right. Max they own, but I, they I own mean, a chunk of it. Nick, the, the move on their part with HBO Max, it, it's it's like a it's a stop loss move. I mean, they're they're yeah. sitting there, the guys in suits, not the creatives. They're getting itchy. They've spent they all this money has been spent, and they're just sitting there like, I want my fucking return. 
Yeah. That's all they care about. That's why this is happening. Yeah. Uh, but as a, for, for a consumer, it's it's kind of good for us because, like I said, we are going to finally start getting new movies again. Otherwise, who the fuck knows when we'd be seeing half of these films? Uh, and and look, if it benefits the consumer and it benefits the studio, the, the creatives will have to fall in line. It, it That's will, just how it is. I think this will become the new way. I think it's going to result in a lot of the movie megaplexes disappearing. Uh, you're probably going to only have a few chains left. And for people like me, there's probably going to be an investment in your home theater. I mean, I already told my wife, I was like, I'm telling you right now in 2021, I'm getting a big fucking TV, like 75 <laughs> inches or bigger. Yeah. I only have a 65 now and it already feels inadequate to be watching movies like and, Wonder Woman 1984 look, on. We could see this in the tea leaves. I mean, what? Uh, uh, HBO Max slash Warner Brothers paid J.J. Abrams $250 million exclusive content creation deal for HBO Max. Right. They they, this was, they paid Zack Snyder to do the Justice League yeah. fucking re-edit or the and, Snyder and, and Cut. Look, you have to give Sandler his credit. Adam Sandler, he was the first person ever to sign a deal like this with Netflix. And all of his shit has come out to Netflix. And this dude is rolling in money. Yeah, right. Like... Adam Sandler now has creative ability to do anything he wants in terms of film creation. Nobody at Netflix tells him what he's got to do, like gives him shit about what he makes. He makes what he wants. He puts it out when he wants. And all he has is a film deal. He's, he's got a 10 film deal. And, and Netflix told him, look, make whatever you want. We don't give a fuck. I don't care if yeah, you make people will Waterboy watch the shit. 2. Yeah. And some of the movies he's come. putting out are... are for the most part terrible but it's yeah. it's adam sandler and he's a name and people come to it so uh, it is it, it it's a it's a bummer from the traditional movie going experience uh, standpoint because I, I mean i miss that that's one of the most things i miss i mean i've been fortunate during all this i've kept my job my wife's kept her job we've been able to work from home so if you ask me what do i miss the most no it's not seeing people no it's not being able to travel on the holidays it's not being able to go see new movies in the theater and go to restaurants with my wife and have a nice dinner that's about it uh, anything else is who cares it's not that big of a sacrifice it really is not that big of a deal uh, but like I said, just I would I would anticipate some of the big chains definitely crumbling in 2021 as more studios are undoubtedly going to shift uh, to this type of a rollout. It just comes down to which streaming platforms are going to win the lottery. Because, uh, I, I mean, I think they're the ones that are probably chomping at the bit to start throwing dollars at studios. Like, OK, oh, yeah, you want to oh, drop yeah. a movie on Hulu? Here's 150 million. Oh, OK, quarter quarter of a billion. Here you go. Just, just wait. It's either going to be studios making their own streaming services like Universal. I mean, NBC already has one. NBC's got Peacock. Peacock right. is going to get if if they start doing this, Peacock will get all NBC Universal movies. Like that's just how it's going to go. And, and you've already seen the segmentation start. WB owns part of HBO Max. Peacock's over here. Netflix is probably going to make deals soon. <laughs> Disney Plus is going to have anything Disney related. Like. It's going to get to the point to where if you if you want to see your new movies and you don't want to go to a theater, you're going to have to have subscriptions to fucking 15 different streaming services. And I will. Once I deem it somewhat safe to sit in an enclosed room with a bunch of shitheads, like other shithead humans, because a lot of people that go to movies suck. Yeah. I, I, I go to movies because I like the experience. I like the sound, the Dolby screens, the speakers in your seat. That's it. I, I suffer 
th- for that uh, that want because other humans also do the same thing. Yeah, I can remember like getting there and we'd have reserved seats and the whole row would be open and some fucking idiot would buy the seat right next to me. And then they'd proceed to eat or drink the whole movie. Why do people feel the need to, to eat like pigs and slurp drinks when they're watching a movie? I don't get that. Hey, guess what? Pavlov's dogs. You don't need fucking popcorn and candy and a soda to watch a fucking movie. You don't. Yeah. The movie will still play. You'll still enjoy it. So quit shoving that shit in your gullet the whole time while the rest of us are trying to watch uninterrupted screenings. Also, for people, I'm going to tell you this before it happens, because this is in the tea leaves. And as a person who needs to be familiar with business, get ready for it. When movie theaters open back up in mass, prepare for two things. Every one of them is going to have a subscription based service like Regal or AMC does. And individual ticket prices will increase substantially because they need what theaters need right now more than anything. It's consistent cash flow and and ticket prices, individual ticket sales just do not do that. It's very dependent on what the movies are that are out that month and everything else. If you have a if you have a subscription service, you have a guaranteed cash flow month over month. And you can figure out what your drop off. Oh, yeah, dude. AMC keeps like, it's, it's, emailing me. They're like, oh, hey, uh, we're, we're extending the date where you need to commit to keep your A plus. It's, it's now 2021. Yeah. But hey, just we're letting you know we're still here if you want to come back. Oh, yeah. Like, and I'm like, guys, I want to come back so bad. I just I live in a county in Ohio that's been on a in quotes for those of you on the radio, a, a lockdown for the past two weeks with a curfew. I, I'm not going to hang out in a movie theater. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, had to go over there last week to to meet a, a longtime buddy who's moving away. And as soon as I walked in, it, it's like a huge indoor mall. Uh, I was like, hey, let's let's go outside. It's yeah. just like, OK, I don't want to fucking be in here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be in here. It's just be prepared. Get your subscription ready. Yeah. Like get, whether it be Regal or AMC or Cinemark or whoever starts doing them. I want to go. That's going to be the best way you're going to do it. I want to go. And I know AMC, at least they're doing their damnedest to make it as safe as possible. It's just it's the fucking people factor. Yeah. The people factor in America right now is a a huge variable because you never know who you're going to come across a a complete moron or someone that is not a moron like yourself and actually thinks and respects other people and is trying to prevent the spread. Yeah. Yeah. So All right, man, let's get to that's it. Our, that's our business class. Business class. Holy uh, shit. 45 minutes in, we haven't even hit a real topic yet. This is going to be a short <laughs> show. I can feel it. I, I, everyone in the live chat, hello, those that showed up. Scale Galaxy, hell yeah. Can't wait to talk about some of his creations. Or if her. he's still here. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably scare him away if he's a Boba Fett fan. Uh, Adrian showed up asking Greg not to block him. I love that. That's, the, <laughs> that's why you got to join the live stream because those are kind of like in the know type of things like why is that special you You wouldn't know because you don't join the live stream of the star wars time show but everyone in here of course is has boba on the mind so we will get there we will get there we'll clear up all the shit if he's a mandalorian or not if he's still a bozo or not if he drank too much spotchka or not all right (laughs) we'll get there but first a little news item uh kotor 2 aka the triumvirate is coming to mobile, which Nick seems odd that it's taken this long because I feel like KOTOR 1's been on mobile since mobile devices were invented. Yeah. Uh, but Obsidian's Knights of the Old Republic 2 will finally be hitting mobile devices, and I believe it's both families, iOS and Android. Yes. Uh, do, do any other mobile devices exist at this point? 
I mean, have we I don't finally think gotten I don't down think Windows just, Phone? It's, it's gone, right? Yeah, I don't think it's yeah. It's so there it's anymore. you're either getting Android flavor or iOS flavor. As most markets work out, you typically have what was it? The rule of three. Three. Usually and it's three. <laughs> looks like we're just down the two at this point. So. <laughs> Uh, It's coming out on the 18th for iOS and Android devices for about 15 bucks. If I were you, I would sit on that and wait because you know it's going to get marked down the half price, uh, probably during like a game sale or random sale, an EA sale. You never know. But uh, while it isn't as good as KOTOR 1, as Nick and I were talking before we went live, it just didn't quite have the same story. It still is Knights of the Old Republic. You get some of the, the coolest Sith in 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 the galaxy introduced to you there the triumvirate scion treya and of course dark nightless <laughs> um so i mean if if it's a game you've somehow missed up until now you know maybe someone like young liam who wasn't even alive when these games were out uh might be worth picking up and checking out on mobile but it's yeah. just kind of a psa we're not going to go too far into that yep uh, the other one here on my my board. Ah, oh, everyone's favorite Star Wars director. Yes, Ryan Mr. Johnson. He he popped up and gave us a little bit of yeah. not news, but a little insight into his making of the TLJ. Hey, yeah, last let, let, week. Let's make it clear because I think there are some new fans here. Uh, Nick and I are not Ryan Johnson we, yeah. haters. Okay, we no. we we appreciate the man. We think he's a talent. We do not blame him for ruining whatever everyone else thinks he ruined. Uh, so we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So basically somebody reached out to him on Twitter and said like, hey, did you ever think about um, having Anakin, like Anakin's ghost speak with either Luke or Ray or, or you know, even Kylo at some point in, in the movie? And he said this was a response. He says, briefly for the tree burning scene, but Luke's relationship with Vader not, was with Vader, not really Anakin, which seemed like it would complicate things more than the moment allowed. Yoda felt like the more impactful teacher for that moment. Yeah, I, um, I agree with that and, statement, 100%. You know, some people people came in, chimed in, left their, their uh, opinions there. And yeah, I mean, that is something that really people don't take into account when they think about Luke and Anakin and that relationship is really Luke didn't know Anakin. <laughs> no, he had Luke no only clue. knew vader right and he only really saw anakin for moments before his death and while i think there was i i while i think there there could have been value in any any one of the three films not necessarily just tlj i think there could have been value from a force ghost anakin or putting vader in totally. some sort of vision um i do agree with ryan that in that particular moment it it you know the, the the tree burning scene at the end of TLJ that definitely yeah wouldn't no have way worked. no way I mean you know? Yoda was perfect for that Yoda was Luke's master yeah. plain and simple now where Anakin I think would have worked would have been with visions to Ben Solo exactly all right with that, Kylo that, with ben. exactly that that's someone that should have been visited by the spirit of Anakin because I don't know they kind of shared some of the same fucking experience right right yeah exactly yeah. those those two were supposed to be mirror characters and. Um, you know, it was a missed opportunity, I'll say there. And I'm sure that every director who was involved in this one way or another, even Colin Trevorrow from his, uh, you know, Duel of the Fates script at some point considered like, would Anakin work here? Can we, can we fit Anakin in, in some way, shape or form? Because the way that I put it in, 
in in the article on StarWarsTime.net is that Anakin was essentially the 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 sole purpose for the first six movies, and it felt really odd for me to just have no involvement from him right. at all. A, a melted helmet one. of his alter ego was yeah. was all we got, and we and, got and, it for a couple seconds in the first yeah. and the and, last. And the voice of you know the the very faint voice of Hayden at the end. Yeah, with that Ray. Nick to me that. And we'll never know the real story. Did JJ have it planned? Did Lucasfilm tell him to go fuck himself? Yeah, that. Would and have been. we've seen the fan edit, and I know last week I was just yelling at fan edits, but this is <laughs> one I'll actually get behind. They totally should have had the ghosts, yeah, and not just I the agree. voices. Uh, getting Hayden in there again, uh, all of them. Sam, fuck Rosario at this point, yeah, because right? Ahsoka yeah. was in there. Oh, get Ewan in there. I mean, that really would have made that moment even better than it is. If, and I, I mean, if you wanted to go full nerdgasm, like full just all out for the fans, you get Freddie Prince and Sam, like Freddie yeah. Prince in get him the dressed fucking up Kanan as Kanan. <laughs> yeah. Like you get him in there and then oh, you get yeah. fucking, you know, you get you, Ezra. You wheel the, the, Frank Oz's ass out with the puppet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. <laughs> I mean, that, I, I agree that that would have, you know, that, that would have been, been the, the best. Yeah, that would have been the best addition from what we from what we were given. That's a scene you literally could have slid Anakin's ghost in, and you wouldn't have had to change a thing. It would have only made the the scene more enhanced. Dude, it, like you can just see it playing out, and like it, I know that there are fan edits of our of it already, but I think that the one in my head is the best. Of course, where yeah. you have like like a spectral Anakin kind of like walking towards her while she's on the ground. And then like comes out of nothing, starts starts the conversation, and then everybody else just kind of appears around her. Right. And then so you he, have he's all the of main them kind one. of he, the Skywalker again is the main one. Yeah. To 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 you get know. the motivation going. So hey, it is what it is. I've come to terms with the sequel trilogy. Uh, overall, big letdown in my mind. Each film stands out on its own. We, this is our tune. We've said it a thousand times. Uh, we're we're not uh, hater haters. I think we have critiques with every movie. I think we agree that TFA was the best. It, it had the most promise, showed the most hope. And then things kind of got squirrely with uh, no real cohesion throughout the trilogy between the writers. But I, I'm never going to sit there and blame the writers or the director for that shit. No. They're artists. It, it'd be like you toy photographers yelling at each other like, hey, you shouldn't have done it that way. Well, you're an artist. You're going to do it the way you yeah. want to do it. And that's what Ryan like did. You and that's should, what fucking you JJ did. You should have done it that way because I did it this way. Exactly. And now because you did it that way, mine doesn't make sense. It's right. like, well, we didn't have anybody working with us to tell us what to do. Th so. This goes, the blame to me goes squarely on Bob and Kathy's shoulders for not realizing that inviting three talented artists to work on a trilogy to tell an arc as important as the the final run of the skywalkers it just the the lack of foresight there is 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 astounding on their part so yeah uh, but i don't want to get it into like a oh kathy's a blah 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 all that dumb shit all right she fucked up you notice she's been kind of silent for now you know she just takes her credit on the mando and that's how things should be yeah okay yeah next up we have a quick little bop on high republic rumors you here. know what dude i'm getting more and more excited about this which is pissing me <laughs> off because i know i'm not going to dive into it because it's words and shit but i, I really 
I do think the High Republic is going to be interesting, to yeah, say the there, least. There's a lot of promise around the High Republic. I mean, it's the first foray in terms of real canon outside of the established universe and timeline. So <laughs> we finally get to see some new characters. We finally get to see some new storylines. And like play I was out. saying, Nick, because you, you were like, well, hey, you know, we're, we're doing it kind of an expanded universe these days. And I agree, but we now have a designated story group, even though they fucking fell asleep at the wheel for the <laughs> sequel trilogy. There is this governing body that kind of oversees all this stuff and makes sure all the canon flows. Where in I EU, would hope so. Where I, EU, I, 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 this is how I figured the EU went. Hey, George, I'm going to do some shit in uh, Star Wars. You cool? How much? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to kill Chewbacca. I'm going to bring in aliens that the Force doesn't work on. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. This stuff, there is, there is more of a, like I said, there, there, there's an institution to now oversee the delivery of, of the expanded content uh, for the canon. Cause I know, and this is my take, and it's stupid. It's my opinion. Uh, but to me... If it ain't moving on your screen, it's expanded universe and whatever. We'll get to it someday. Yeah. Uh, the, the shit on screen, the stuff that's put out there for the masses, that is the canon. That's yeah. why and, Boba Fett was a bozo in the original trilogy. And, you know, with, with this new initiative, I think there's a lot of good that can be had from it because you can go either direction. You can go forward from it. You can go back from right, it. And you right. still have a lot of time. Yeah. To cover before you really run into anything that is now established. Um, and, and what this rumor is, is based around some more of the Star Wars leakers out there in the universe. Uh, this one comes from Cinelinks, which is run by Jordan Mazin. And he says that <laughs> that's the guy you were that's the guy you were making fun last week, right? Yeah, no, yeah, Qu he's time. a quote leaker. Because it's just like these 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 leakers. They give no information. And again, with this leak, he gives no information. He's like, I heard from people that there's potentially a High Republic uh, animated series being developed. Uh -huh. And that was it. Like, there was no information about characters. There's no information about plot points. There's no information about release date. There's no information about who is working on it. <laughs> is it the same so, so style? So again, again, we just need to get off our high horses and start throwing shit out there. Because I've realized... Even when we hit on speculation, like years ago speculation, no one gives a fuck. No one cares. The, 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 <laughs> the fans are not flocking here to, to bask in my glory of, of Thrawn calls, of Cobb Vanth, of Dr. Pershing, M counts. No one gives a fuck. They care about Nick, the poo flinging. Yeah, they, so all they want to know is, this is it week, a leak? Okay, right. it's a leak? I, I'm interested. Your homework this week is to cook up a fantastical a leak, leak related to something that could come out Thursday. So I want you to write the next movie, leak yes. it, and we'll post it on StarWarsTime.net. Taika Waititi's there you go. Uh, new film is going to be called... Do it! Uh, Let's just start doing I want to start doing it and see what happens. Yeah. Because I, I still think we're such a blip on anyone's radar that no one will even pick it up. And if they do, they'll be like, ha, 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 StarWarsTime.net. Look at these guys. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Anakin <laughs> Rabbit is uh, Taika Waititi. I mean, we're, we're, we're literally, we are in Star Wars League's auto ban system. Like if, yeah. if, if our domain shows up in a post submitted to them, it gets insta-whacked. 
yeah. Insta. <laughs> so, well, I mean, we'll see. But yeah, anyways, I mean, they're I saying it would make sense. Like, yeah, an animated uh, High Republic, sure. I mean, it could be as simple as those little two, two, yeah, two minute vignette, four minute shorts, shit like that, or I don't, Galaxy Heroes, which were awesome, but I don't watch anymore because. I'm the one person that actually found YouTube notification emails to be useful. I know, I know I've talked about this before, but Google, they made the unilateral decision to just turn that feature off. Like if you're on YouTube and you used to, you used to get notifications and you get emails and shit and they're not coming anymore, you did nothing wrong. Google just fucking eliminated that feature because they said only about 1% of the emails would get clicked on. So they were like, hey, fuck it. Now, for I, me, like, I miss out on a ton of content now because I'm not going to look at my phone and the YouTube at, app and all the notifications popping up. Yeah, I don't know. That was a weird move by Google. I know that whenever I, like, I would never open the email, but I would see, like, oh, Star Wars time put right. out a new video. Exactly. I don't need to click on the email. I'll just go to the YouTube channel. Right. But, you know, but it was, it was, it was like, you. hey, uh, the channel you like, they've put out something that may be of interest. It was, I don't know. I found it helpful. But yeah. uh, either way, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our, our ears to the ground here for a High Republic animated series. We'll see what we get. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe Thursday we'll get some light shed on some of these leaked yeah, projects these we've leaks. been hearing about. Uh, Jan 2021 is when the publishing starts for these books. So if you're interested in reading words and shit, or listening to words and shit via audiobooks, then January 2021. Yeah, and I, I told the intern, because he was giving me shit about not reading words and shit, and I said if, if Howard Stern didn't re-sign, I would, I would try to get into listening to words and shit. <laughs> Unfortunately for you all, Howard re-signed today for five years, <laughs> so I will not be following up on that pledge. There we go. Someone's going to have to read me the High Republic like I'm a little baby. We can schedule it every night, little sessions like bedtime stories. Uh, so contact me. Okay, um, Nick. Is it time? Another is it, rumor. Another rumor. Oh, well, it's, it's somewhat Mando inspired. So we're, we are transitioning into the Mando part of the Star Wars Time Show EP 140. Uh, pretty much uh, from here on out, we'll be talking nothing but the Mandalorian. We'll be doing our deep dive breakdown on the tragedy. And oh boy, was it a tragedy in every sense of the word. Not only for the characters involved in the show, but also for myself and the reaction from our fan base. Tragic. <sighs> but anyways, and I'm hoping this rumor comes through, but it honestly comes from a, a podcast, a Star Wars channel that is even less relevant than us. <laughs> and that is the Holonet Marauders. Uh, but according to whatever, you know, they've got their secret sources. I've got my secret sources. Uh, they put out a reveal video and they're calling this a leak. But they're, they, are, they are saying, according to their sources and quotes, an iconic and to this point a comic book exclusive character will be making an appearance in the Mandalorian season three, and it is none other than Black Kirstan. Uh, which <laughs> I don't even know if Nick knows of this character. I don't. Uh, I believe he became canon in the Afro comics first. Uh, but he's popped up in a few other comics, like just the main Star Wars run, but Think of him, he's like a bad boy Chewbacca. 
Okay, yes, all right. I see this all black. He, yeah, he, he's a fully black Wookiee that essentially shamed himself so bad on Kashyyyk he's had to leave. Uh, and in, while Chewbacca too is kind of—I don't want to call him shady—but you know he smuggles, he hangs out yeah. with scoundrels. Uh, black Kirsten, I mean, he's more of a piece of shit. Like, like he went, he broke bad. Essentially, yeah. he hangs out with the likes of Bozo Fett. Okay, he's that type of guy. He's he's yeah. nefarious. Uh, I think he almost killed Luke at one point in time in the comics. So he's a formidable character, a comic exclusive character, uh, but one that I think, just based on what I know about him and have read about him, he would be fantastic on the Mandalorian. Like he fits, he perfectly fits in with the world of the Mandalorian. The, the one thing that we're missing here is a Wookiee. We need a Wookiee in there the show. Go. There you go. I mean, if you're going to be bumping around in the underworld and, you know, with the scoundrels and the hunters and all these other things, you need a Wookiee. So throwing in a new, uh, you know, quote unquote, new Wookiee, it's not new. He was in the comics, like you said, but having this guy in here would definitely add a new element to it. And you would also have, like a, if he was to be added in a featured sense, then you could have him acting like the Boba Fett to Han Solo, where there's a, like one <laughs> consistent force hunting down the Mando. Yeah. I mean, so I, like I said, his nature, the fact that he, you know, hangs out with some of these bounty hunters that are on the show now, uh, he likes to chill on Tatooine, it seems. And he's just kind of a bad seed. Yeah, it seems like he leaned more towards working with the Empire as well. Yeah, he he was all about doing fucked up shit, kind of how Boba Fett was back in the OT. Uh, They must have paid the best, who knows? I mean, obviously, as Boba explained, sometimes, uh, what was it, fate can save the wretched. He even knew he was a piece of shit. Yeah. I was I was I was I was excited about what happened with Boba until all you fuck faces came in and whipping your wieners out like ha 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 we're so smart you're so dumb. Now it's like no, now I'm just going to be a cocksucker. Now I'm going to keep it up that he's a bozo because you guys ruined it by doing all this ha 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 na 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 I read dumb shit that doesn't count and you didn't and now you're dumb for it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on that shit again. If you just joined up, you may not want to listen to the first five minutes of the show if you're a huge Boba Fett fan or your name's Plastic Kinetic, okay? All right, so the big boy, the black Wookiee, could be showing up Mando season three. At this point, all the rumors we got about (laughs) Mando characters have paid off, so I'm just going to say this is probably going to happen. Uh, but not happening until next season, which I think they have either started or are starting filming quite soon. I believe it's they're supposed to start in um, what you call it in December this this month. Well, really, our, our our next topic may answer that. And this was another one. If you follow the Star Wars Time Show, it tipped off a big happening on last week's episode of The Mandalorian. But I'm guessing most of you do not. So you probably did not see that we were warning you that two iconic Star Wars ship could appear on the Mandalorian. One as soon as season two. Wink, wink. Wink, wink, as in now. <laughs> yeah, and literally, I think I, I, would I put this out a day or two before the actual episode. Yeah, it's uh, on Wednesday it went out, and then obviously Friday was the drop of the show. Yeah, so. and it happened. But essentially, and this comes from making Star Wars, I'll give him a little bit of credit, even though he's been blackballed 
in the community. Reddit won't even post the shit anymore, uh, but I actually saw him tweeted it out. Uh, but you know this guy, I mean, whatever he did, I don't want to get in trouble for slandered, but whatever he did, he kind of fell out of uh, the graces of many Star Wars fans. Uh, but the guy, love him or hate him, was a legitimate leaker. All right? <laughs> I think that's the one thing we can say about making Star Wars. Uh, dude had legit leaks. He's had access to the Mando set in the past. Uh, he's paid off on a lot of the leaks. Uh, so we did throw it up here, but uh, what he was telling us, the one thing has already come through. He said, be on the lookout for the Slave One. Hello, yep. it's here. It's flying. You know, free parking <laughs> at, at Jabba's Palace uh, is still being honored. Uh, and the other one, and this one he's saying may be relegated to season three. And I've actually seen other rumors pop up that we're seeing some Naboo-like structures being built. But in, uh, a Naboo N1 Starfighter has apparently been seen on the season three set. Uh, also, the last thing he he gave us is there he spotted a lot of Vespa-like speeders that don't feel like they've been lived in. So like almost rich people speeders in the universe, which would fit for a Naboo setting. Yeah. I guess I'll throw it out there to you because there's really not much we can do with this. We know the Slave One's been paid off already. Yep. But if we are getting an, an N1 Starfighter, are we going to Naboo in Season 3? Especially if we're hearing about these Vespas that don't look lived in, as in they don't look like they were on Tatooine with a bunch of poor people. Yeah. Uh, we know Naboo was very, um, you know, kind of hoity-toity, at least not the, the Gungan side. A- yeah, it's not somewhere where you would usually find a bounty hunter or, you know, a, a, a smuggler or any anybody the likes of the Mando, a.k.a. Din Djarin. So it would be interesting to see what would take us there. Now, you know, knowing what the plan is for season three and forward for the Mandalorian, this turning into kind of a, you know, a more Game of Thrones like show with multiple focused characters. I'd say and so at this planets point. and stuff. You know, maybe Naboo turns into like the, 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 you know, uh, the, the Westeros, you know, home right. uh, kingdom or something like that, where, you know, this is where all the rich people hang out. Maybe, maybe Mando's now has to dabble. Up. Yeah. Like, you know, Mando, ha- Mando has to dabble in this new, uh, uh you know, societal circle yeah, to he, try he, to get information. He's, he's going to start getting mixed up with high society. Maybe he'll be yeah. going to Canto Bite next. Yeah. Hit the casinos. <laughs> I mean, who knows? With all but, these rich people that are profiting off of both sides. Yeah, <sighs> I, I think. Uh, I mean, I think it would be interesting. The Naboo N One Starfighter uh, was actually one. I thought it was one of the coolest design ships in the whole prequel trilogy. We only got yeah. to see it in one movie too. So, um, so it was really interesting to know that that's out there. And then these Vespas. Yeah, I mean, like if it's a Vespa, like a real like. Well, I mean, it's cut it's, around Vespa. right. It's it's a Star Wars Vespa, so yeah, I'm assuming yeah. it still hovers. But the the way he described it, I think he said it's like green and yeah, green and blue with chrome trim, not lived in. Chrome is definitely a mark of Naboo, right? For sure. That's like, that, that, that is. So I'm starting to think that we are definitely going there. The rub is is why. I mean, what yeah. what connection would we have there at that point? Unless it's uh, Jedi based. Yeah, I mean, I who the fuck like, knows, dude? I mean, we, uh, we'll we get into it as we try to figure out the rest of the season of Mando because at this point, not even the leakers can get the 
episode titles it's we're, we're just like we did for episode six we're going in blind in episode seven there's yeah. a part of me that loves it because i'll tell you what when i sat down friday and the title uh was the tragedy flashed across the screen i went oh, like, oh no fuck you know what's I, funny too we for three episodes leading up to that we're like this is the one where he's gonna lose the baby this is the one where he's gonna lose and we said you know he probably keeps the baby for six and then later on right. it'll be a cliffhanger for the season i we're think our, yeah wrong again. our predictions were atrocious for episode yeah. six I we think, were so bad i think our big ones were like uh we were gonna see a gideon fight and and that's about it or, yeah. or maybe the baby was gonna be taken I, who knows but we are way off but yeah when you see the title of of the tragedy of course i went right to oh well this is it yeah this, this is, is it this I, is I didn't it. know the other tragedy would be in there but we'll talk about it <laughs> yeah, so yeah I, I think naboo could be interesting because then then we're getting closer to the core than we've ever been for the most part we've been hanging out in the outer rim and i know Nick, you could probably comment more, but I think some people were upset that Tython is now a an outer rim planet. Uh, I, I don't, I didn't quite get the fan anger behind that, but I, a lot of these I times mean, I don't understand the fan anger. So yeah, I mean, the only like I don't really care where it's categorized within the rim itself. <laughs> like I don't care. Um, but the only disappointment that I had is that we really didn't get to explore the world of Tython at all. You know, it, it was, was very limited. It was, it, was, it was a quick hit and yeah. uh, we were way off, but I, I think it leads to a, a new end to the season, which we will naturally get into. But uh, I'm, I'm excited for this Naboo stuff because I, I think it is going to be legit. It's just going to be, uh, you know, why are we getting there? Maybe by the end of the season, we, we might have more clues. I'm, I'm absolutely not saying we're, we're going anywhere close to Naboo in season two. No way. We know yeah. what's left for season two. I mean, there, there is only one story left, uh, but there could be based on the Jedi that shows up, the force user that shows up. Maybe it'll give us a, a few more hints as to why this show could be taking us to Naboo after all. I mean, you got to think even to some of the comics going on, you had the, the Amidalan faction and, and they're hard on against the Empire. I mean, maybe, maybe they could be going there for some help. Yeah. Um, who knows? But uh the, the slave one stuff paid off so you might as well bank on the naboo n1 starfighter showing up at some point in time season three of the mando yeah and here we are my friends it is time for the weekly star wars time show deep dive into the mandalorian if you're new here we typically give our general thoughts of the episode then get into the easter eggs and best moments and of course any other speculative nonsense that shows up at this point in the show i think i have uh, tempered most of my hate <laughs> uh, but you never know. It depends what happens in the peanut gallery here. But uh, if you tuned in to, at the start of the show, I was fired up about the, the Boba Bozo stuff and all you assholes coming at me like I was an idiot for thinking he was a fool up until this point. I, I mean, I, I challenge you to go look at most of the article headlines from Friday to tell me that I was still wrong. I mean, most of them are like, oh, Mando finally found a way to make Boba Fett interesting. Oh, Mando finally made Boba Fett a badass. Oh, Mando finally took this original trilogy character and made them worth a shit. I mean, that was the general consensus from everyone but you Boba Fett fanboys that have been jerking off in a corner to his helmet for the past 40 years. All right. So overall, <laughs> the tragedy 
I mean, outside of being extremely short, was a, a rather excellent and tight episode. And probably the first episode in the series to really present some real stakes for the characters and the viewers at that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for the most part, the good guys have been winning. It's been Miller time. Uh, things looked a little suspect at the end of season one with Kuil losing the child. But hey, by episode eight, Taika took care of that very quickly. Uh, but really, this episode was the first time we've had something go wrong, really wrong for the bad guys or for the good guys in losing Grogu to Gideon. Yes. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm never going to like a short episode of Star Wars anything. I do feel like this one's beats moved perfectly, though. They, they wasted no time. As Nick said, you probably should have wasted a bit more time on Tython, but really, when you got Din, who doesn't know jack shit about the universe, and Grogu, who can't talk to them, there really wasn't much they were going to do there unless the Jedi actually showed up. Yeah, I, I my only gripe was... I feel like they could have given you a little bit more of an exploration, but you would have had to change the way that, you know, essentially the seeing stone was just a big ass rock that right. you could see from space. Kind and, of. And, and let's like, be oh, real. As much as we love Din, he's not the best narrator for happenings in the galaxy. Like yeah. he doesn't know much about the big goings ons, the history. Yeah. So it's not like he could have taken Grogu there and be like, Oh, look, that's where uh, uh, a Jedi master Schlong built the temple. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's what where I like, I, I think that could have been an opportunity to this. So, so if you like, in my opinion, again, like I thought the, don't think that I hate the episode. Everybody thinks that anytime I say something <laughs> like, well, I think it should have went this way. They think I fucking hate it. I thought that the episode was really enjoyable, a lot of great fight scenes and stuff. If they would have put the Seeing Stone, say, inside of the Jedi Temple in some way, or have it connected to some of the right. the old structures, then you would have had to have Din and, <coughs> and the child kind of See navigating their right. way through these ruins. But instead and, it was and, like, oh, we're here, fly by, jump out, now we're here, that was it. Yeah. It was like, oh, let's, just let's throw get to, that the rock. All right, get to the stone as fast as possible. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, again, expectations were subverted <laughs> with Tython and, and how all that would play out. I mean, I thought this yeah. would be the 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 ultimate pinnacle of the season. Like, this is where all the action's happening. We, we were going to have the battles we saw but Ahsoka was going to be there, Bo, and the Jedi, and Gideon. It was going to be crazy. Nope. This show, y y you never know what you're going to get, and that's why we love it so much. I mean, literally, we are to Tython as soon as Episode 6 starts. It's like, all right, I guess I guess the crest was fixed, so no more bullshit, no more uh, finagling for information. We're just right to the point. Yeah. And here we go. But no, I I enjoyed the episode. And, and honestly, I love the surprise of Boba Fett. Uh, so I'm not going to be a, a dumb ass like most of you and, and live in in this alternate reality where things only exist how you want to see it. I will tell you first and foremost, and one of the reasons I am so angry is because you motherfuckers all day long Friday. Hey, I wonder what Matt's got to say now about Bo Bozo Fett. It's like I've said plenty about it. If you scumbags would just watch the fucking breakdown video I provide every Friday for you. You don't even have to look for it. I put it in the damn Discord. And I, Nick, if it was like a, a few minutes an hour, I'm talking like eight hours after the video has been posted. Hey, I wonder what Matt thinks about this episode. <laughs> watch the fucking video. 
You guys don't it's, want me bitching on this fucking show. Yeah, I'm always bitching like no one likes us. No one watches anything. No one listens to us. And you're all like, oh, don't say that. You're great. We love you. No, you don't. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't even fucking watch the content. You all want to spew out what you, you thought of it, which is fine. That's what makes Star Wars fun. But don't start dragging me in in my opinions if you have not viewed my opinions. There you go. It was readily available for all of you. You cocksuckers. You're, you're the worst cocksuckers Shame. out there. You're, you're <laughs> fans that make accusations without knowing the full story. And I am never going to go back on my original opinion of Boba Fett. Boba Fett in the original trilogy is a bozo. There, you, you, there, there's no way to rewrite that. If you want to love the old EU comics where he was supposedly awesome, have fun. But don't come and tell me that I'm not informed because I didn't dabble in shit that means nothing to the canon now. Boba Fett was the guy played by Jeremy Bullock in Empire Strikes Back in Return of the Jedi who had his voice dubbed over by Tamara Morrison's voice later on. That's who Boba Fett is. He died in a, in a comical way in the Sarlacc pit, or so we thought. And yes, he came back and Robert and John, John wrote him that way. Robert directed him this way. They redeemed the damn character. Okay? I said all this in the breakdown, but you guys have to be shithead Star Wars trolls like most Star Wars fans and beat your chest like you got one on me. You didn't get shit on me. He was Bozo Fett. Now he's not. Just accept it. All right? That's it. It was a good episode. I respect the character now. This character. And they did, they, they did a great way of bringing him back. Who the fuck knows how he lived? I'm sure we'll get there at some point. Yeah. But what Robert and John did for the character in this episode was fantastic. He did not look like a bozo. In fact, he looked like a bad motherfucker. You guys happy? Is everyone happy? Is it okay for someone to change their mind? He I mean, now he now looks cool. He did not before. It's another episode where Din looks like a child compared to another man. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, Nick, Nick. See, why, why people should beat up Nick because he he purposely trolls on Din. I actually still think Din is a pimp. I love Din. Without Din, we wouldn't know about any of these other... I mean, Boba Fett would not be a badass. <laughs> I, I think Din is a, is a Mac Daddy. He's a hero. Yes, he played Bullet Shield again in this episode, but he, <laughs> he did it to protect Fennec. She was cornered. Fennec she had no more chance. more people in five minutes than Amanda killed in uh, two like seasons. Like the intern said, the poor guy was fucking <laughs> sleeping for half the episode. You can't blame Din because he thought he could... Yeah, fight the like force. The guy just... Like he literally was running into a force wall, like, <laughs> like, 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 like a, like a, like a special kid he was, with with a helmet yeah, on. Say, he, he ran into the force wall like multiple little times. Children run into trees yeah, and okay. fucking playground. All right, okay, Nick, I might have to give you on that one because you would think after the first time he touched it and got his ass blown back, he would have been like, "All right, I can't do this." Yeah, but no. <laughs> in, in all in all seriousness, I I, I love Din Djarin. I think he's a badass in his own right. He's one of the best Mando pilots we've ever seen. He is the best Mando pilot we've ever seen. And dude really can fight. Uh, it just <laughs> seems like whenever these older characters show up, he purposely turns into a bullet sponge 
or the Dolt, <laughs> like the Homer yeah. Simpson of the episode. Yeah, uh, but like, I mean, come on, <laughs> the guy got his motherfucking shit blown up. I mean, how sad was that? So <laughs> they really for the, for him being the main character of the show, they shit on him pretty often. <laughs> like, and and look, you know, obviously when there's new characters. You know, well, you know, introduce characters into the show. You have to turn them into badasses like you had to make Bo-Katan look really cool to match who she was in the the Clone Wars and Rebels cartoon series. And with Boba Fett, it was always the, the desire of the fan to bring back the versions of them of him that we saw in the old canon. So for them to bring him back this way is something that the fans wanted. It's something that John and Dave probably wanted to do themselves as well. So you do have to sacrifice the badassness of one character for the other. You know, like if if they were all badasses, then there would be no danger. Exactly. Somebody has to play exactly. the fool. Thank you. So hey, old uh, ar- old architect. All right, <laughs> l- let's clear this canon bullshit up. I love. All sorts of canon. Guess what? I do a fucking video series, and I'll probably do one this week, on new canon entries directly from comic books. What I will not buy into is the EU. It is not canon anymore. It's not. It's gone. They're legends. All the shit you you read about Boba Fett back then, they are legends that people told around the campfire. They're not real. The movies are still real. So yes, the movies will always be the source for me. I love that Star Wars gets expanded upon. But as I said earlier, I'm not sure if you were here, the EU back then was like the Wild West. There was no organization. There was no story group to oversee it and make sure continuity remained clear. For example, George himself had plans for 7, 8, and 9 that would have completely retconned Heir to the Empire, all the shit that happened in the EU directly after Return of the Jedi. So no, that stuff was never real canon to me because while Lucasfilm or someone had to sign off on it, no one was going over and saying, you can't do this, you can't do this. I mean, they they killed Chewbacca, (laughs) motherfuckers. What the fuck? I mean, I... Like, I think, like, I don't hold the same opinion. I think that when they were coming out, they were canon. And regardless of what George That's had written That's not what I'm head, saying, Nick. I know, I know. They right were now, canon, it's not canon. But it was, That's already it was, been retconned. It was a loose canon. It, it was not organized like the canon is now, whether people love Disney or they hate Disney because of Star Wars. Disney at least said, listen, to make our lives easier, all the shit that went on, with George's license, it, it's it's not real anymore. It's legend based. So yeah, right now it's not canon. All right of now you that, that read the shit, great. Enjoy those stories. They're legends now. They mean nothing in the canon. As weird as I am, I am beholden to a fake world's canon because that is what the creators consider to be real. It is what is connected to future stories we're getting and the past stories we love. Legends are not real, just like in real life. They may be great stories that told fantastical tales about people living in Wales and Viking warriors and all this other crazy shit, but they weren't real. They're not real history. Yes, we're talking about fucking science fiction. That's the best part. I'm not I've been taking more legends than anything recently. Great. 
but that's what they are. Don't try and tell me I'm an asshole because Boba Fett was cooler in a legend story. Because guess what? We have legends here where people lived in whale stomachs and turned water into wine and shit like that. Like, what are we talking about? All I'm saying is that Thanks, I Nick. am not choosing you to shit crotchety on the motherfuckers fans. on the legend. I'm not shitting on them either. I'm educating. <laughs> but Matt's right. Like all of the old stuff pre Disney acquisition is no longer canon. And that was like one of the first things that Disney well, did. Why is that so it. hard for people like OAC to understand? I'm being a realist. You guys can love all that shit all you want. Great. I love Star Wars canon. It's my life. But don't tell me Legends material is why I'm wrong on a character where his only canon entries to this point are new Star Wars comics in the original trilogy movies. And now, thankfully for all of you revisionists, his portrayal by Tim Morrison in The Mandalorian. Yes, now I will agree with you. Boba Fett, at least Boba Fett, is a badass. <laughs> Boba Fett, the bounty hunter, was a schlub. All right? Case closed. <laughs> Case closed with the <laughs> EU. The fucking EU. I, I would this, imagine if you interviewed George Lucas right now, he's like, that shit, I, I could give a fuck George about Lucas that George Lucas has nothing to do with Star Wars anymore. I'm talking about the George EU says. when it was around when he owned it, you cocksucker. George, George is as relevant to, to Star Wars canon right now as Darth Revan is. You, you can't hear me either. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with all you idiots? Am I, do you not understand the words coming out of my mouth? <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you interview, interview George before 2012 about the expanded universe. You'd be like, oh, those were nice stories, but I don't care. I mean, I wish he's I like, could go back to 2012 and ask him. He, he's like, I I, I'm just going to go ahead and overwrite it all anyways when I feel like doing the, the, the movies. So, and don't give me this shit. George had treatments for the movies back in the 90s. We went over that like two episodes ago, and he sold the treatments to fucking Bob Iger. Oh man! So half your EU bullshit, half your EU bullshit was already flushed down the toilet by the maker himself. <laughs> and if you motherfuckers want to challenge me on George Lucas being the maker and like he doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, fuck you all. Okay. George Lucas is irrelevant to Star Wars after 2015, Matt. You're living in 2015. <laughs> Oh, all right easter eggs all right you dumbasses here we go we're go go through here and do the easter eggs and the greatest episode of all time because of boba <laughs> fett no longer looks like a jerk off <laughs> boba fett is badass boba fett is about yeah Matt's stupid all right here we go easter eggs i hate all you people Okay, up first we get Tython and the Seeing Stone, a direct reference to the Mandalorian itself and old canon. Slave One. Hey, look, Boba Fett's ship. I put it in, even though he's a bozo. What's wrong with me? <laughs> hey, it's Boba Fett. I put him in my video, even though he's a bozo. I must be fucking stupid because I'm uninformed. <laughs> Hey, Fennec Shand, here she is. We thought she was dead. But if you watch my video from last year, I did guess that Boba Fett could have been the person standing over her dead-ass body. Who knew that Boba Fett was also a medic? 
Guy, you guys he's really, a, like a robot builder too. Yeah, guy's a pimp. I mean, not only is is he a gaffy stick warrior, but he is one of the best field medics in all of Star Wars. I mean, he he replaced this lady's entire core <laughs> with fucking yeah, robot very, parts. Very impressive. Like, what are you talking about? I don't even know where I'm at in this point in time. Oh, I, this is when he he we're doing Easter eggs, but he drops his daddy's favorite line. I'm just a simple man making my way in the galaxy, <laughs> right? He has no allegiance for anybody. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you want to get, I guess we'll save it for the chain code, but we'll, we'll get there. Yep. I think I finally come to terms with some lineage bullshit, but I, I'd still argue that Boba Fett never considered himself Mandalorian uh, of any type. He even said, "I have no allegiance to anyone but myself." Uh, his daddy was kind of pissed with the Mandos too. Uh, we got a mortar trooper. I don't think we've ever seen these assholes before. Yeah, those are new. So actually somebody in our, uh, fan question said that this was one of their favorite parts was the new mortar trooper. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, he's like, man, I really like those mortar troopers. I was like, Hey man, you know, I, I <laughs> saw another like. one. It was a, it was a meme. Like they had this guy in, in Boba Fat, Right. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, 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 the hot toys figure we want, which was the Bob like nomad Bobo. And then the Hot Toys figure we will get, which is this guy. Uh, because <laughs> Look, they seem here, to like I'm always... I'm going to give you guys, all of you toy photographers, here is the best idea that will ever come from my head for a toy photograph. You have the mortar trooper with his little tube there, and he's firing out a beer can that Boba Fat catches while he's sitting on a couch. There you go. See, I should have Nick start giving me ideas for my shots, <laughs> even though I, I'll never do that. But, but oh, yeah. Jesus. And that would work perfect for you, Matt, because your fucking tagline for a lot of these shows is Miller time. <laughs> this, you this have was, this motherfucker shooting a Miller yeah, out this to was, Boba Fett. This was not a Miller time episode of The Mandalorian. No, it was not. This was not. No. This was a kick in the dick type of episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, the old E-Web was busted out again. That, e that seems yeah. to be, uh, and I believe, as I said in the video, they still couldn't hit a damn thing with it uh, besides some boulders. And yep. here he is. The man himself had one too many spotchkas with Cobb Vanth. Uh, Boba Fett back in the armor. I, did, I do dig the Boba look with the robes. It was an interesting take. He didn't have his jumpsuit, clearly. Yeah, it's different. Uh, but A you, lot of people were definitely making fun of the spacing between the armor because of the extra girth, but, you know. Hey, man, I mean, <laughs> Tamara, he's, he's up there in age. I mean, he, I don't think he's a, a, a chubby man, but those are some tight-ass... Motherfucker's ass probably not expecting to play Boba Fett again, right, either. Right, he's he, like, he had the... Oh. And we'll, we'll actually be talking about an interview with Tamara coming up here, but... Yeah, he, he had to squeeze into armor he hasn't been wearing for 40 years. So yeah. Yeah, give Boba a break, you <laughs> dickheads. Break. <laughs> uh, but it was great. I mean, you knew when he looked into the open door of the Razor Crest what he was going to do. And then obviously oh. when he shows up to kind of save the day uh, in the armor, uh, he didn't have to use the gaffy stick. He started busting out all his tricks. We finally got to see the why he wears that one knee pad. Uh, it actually shoots missiles out of it. That's yep. his whistling birds, if you will. Pretty dope. I mean, it was fun. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the, the, a part of me just likes shitting on everyone's love of, of Boba Fett. And I do think he it was a bozo in the original trilogy. But naturally, seeing a character that we all thought was dead and gone come back in the way he was brought back in this episode, of course, I was fucking thrilled. Yeah. It was awesome. I, I 
I, I want Boba Fett to be cool too. I mean, the reason I get so animated about it is because everyone else is like, oh man, Boba Fett's one of the baddest ass characters in Star Wars. It just never resonated with me. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? That guy? The oh, clunk, do, 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 dead. <laughs> like, give me a break. I mean, he couldn't even mess with a non-Jedi. Like, a non-Jedi tricked him up. Luke Skywalker. He thought he was a Jedi. He was not a Jedi yet. Yoda told him as much after the fight. But he, this was awesome. I mean, everything from the non-armor gaffy stick attack to his armored up save. Just brilliant. Fantastic. Yes, I have a whole newfound respect for the character. But I'm going to lose it quickly because of all you jerk-offs. <laughs> the dark troopers coming in. Yep, flying in. Uh, that's, that's a good egg, and it, it, it at least confirmed for us as speculators that they are bots. Robots. Yeah, they are about force infused. They are about as body as it gets. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I mean, unless they've got like a human brain in there, uh, these things are are fully uh, autonomous androids. Yeah. Uh, Boba Fett again, but I believe this is here because he drops a line about spice. He's not in a spice dream, essentially telling Fennec like, Hey, I'm not seeing shit. The, the empire yeah. is back. I thought that was interesting. It just goes to show you while we as fans have seen the, the machinations of the remnant, you know, we, we kind of been teased that they're back. Yeah. The people living in the rim still have no idea that they're up there in space flying around in their cruisers. Uh, yeah. So, so Bo I mean, was the like, what the rim fuck? Was typically like not not an area that the Empire bummed around in anyway. Like even in the in the original trilogy, like the, the influence of the Empire right. hadn't really spread to right, the Right, because of the, the cartels, the huts, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, it was it was too controlled by all of the gangsters. But both Fennec um, and yeah. Boba made a comment. They're like, What the hell? The new republic has control yep. of this territory. But nope, nope, nope. Not not Moff Gideon's fleet or yeah. ship at least. And it's safe to say that that was the new big vehicle we Gene Carlo teased many months ago. I think at one point I, I thought it could be a tank, it could be a mobile fortress, but his new toy, his new vehicle obviously is that cruiser. Yeah. Uh, but Boba, you know, flying up there in the Slave One, still one of the most wonkiest of design spaceships I've ever seen. And Tones told it, us, and it made yeah. sense, but it was it was modeled after a fucking street lamp, and it really yeah. is. It, it looks just like it. It, it is like uh, one of those like hanging street lamps that comes down like this. Yeah. There's like a there's like a rounded flat P that literally looks exactly like it the looks, cockpit. It looks just oh. like it. it, and it it is. It's. I think that's why people like it because it's so odd looking. But if you think about yeah. the practicality of it and the way they have to fly it. It is the biggest fucking target you could offer up another ship ever. Oh, yeah. Because you have to fly vertically. Where your engines are (laughs) is the widest part of your ship. That's what I'm talking about. And you you land it upside down. Like, I I don't even know how you get more than one person in the cockpit. I mean, obviously, from clones, we know you can at least jam... Uh, a Mando and his clone in it, but yeah. you know where where were they stuffing Fennec and Din on their way back to Navarro? Yeah, I don't know. Din Din's got to like fucking lay on the floor. Yeah, they they shit. got him back there in the cargo hold with uh, yeah. uh, Han Solo memorabilia yeah, with, uh, with all the uh, the bounties that he's got up there. Uh, this right. next one was big. This yeah, next... the the whole chain code thing, and, and I guess what yeah. we'll. Actually, we won't parse it out because I have a whole other article on this yeah. with the full breakdown, the writing. But what this yeah. gives us is it, it it confirms some of the EU stuff about Django. It, 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 it canonizes Django Fett and it actually matches from what I've read 
the comic that kind of proposed this. So Django, and I think Nick and I, we've talked about this. Django was a foundling. Yes. Uh, obviously not a foundling of the ch- Children of the Watch. It's seeming like Children of the Watch started to happen when Mandalore was in uh, occupation with the Empire. So uh, like when we get to it, when we kind of dive into chain code and we go into the the Django and now the Boba stuff, I'll give you a little back history on the old canon and what could potentially come in to. Right, right. And and that's fine. All you EU people, I know you're going to get your gotcha on me if something else happens from the now aborted canon, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm learning to deal with it. But we did get cemented in my eyes now. Django, just like Din, was a Mandalorian because of being a foundling. It seems his his master, or the one that saved him, was someone that has been spoken about in the EU. And I guess by a technicality, you could say Boba Fett is technically Mandalorian because he is Django Fett. I mean, let's be real. He is a direct, unaltered clone of his dad. So that alone means, by lineage, as people are pointing out, heritage, if you will. Yeah. He technically could be called Mandalorian. It's just like, with, it's, it's confusing the way that you look at Mandalorian, because it was never really explained to you really well. Like, if you look at Mandalorian as a nationality as you would in like the, you know, earth, a nationality is basically given to you based off of where you were born and raised, where your family's heritage and stuff like that. Nick, you explained it the best in our, our, in our slack. It's now become a two pronged thing. There's the Mandalorian religion, which is the creed people. Yeah. And then there is true Mandalorian, the, the lineage, the heritage you were born on Mandalore. Yeah, you were born in the Mandalore sector. You were raised by Mandalorians and stuff like that. And in in, in Boba's case, and again, I will get to this when we get to the chain code and Django and everything like that. Django being a Mandalorian, raised by a Mandalorian, had this. Yes, he is a clone. Had this clone made of himself, raised him as his son. He was a Mandalorian. He raised his son at you know in some way Mandalorian, and. That's how you can make your now lineage distinction, like by lineage, it's, Boba Fett. It's is weak. Like I said, it's it's a technicality because Boba himself makes it clear. And, and Nick is right. the The whole Mandalorian concept has been enhanced or, or even uh, more detailed in this season. We we now know, as he said, there is the religious aspect, the cult, and then there are the true Mandalores like a Bo Katan. Mm-hmm. Django was a foundling, therefore he becomes Mandalorian through the religion, albeit not the crazy creed. It seems the creed was reserved just for the children, and they probably implemented the creed due to how fucked up Mandalore got during the Clone Wars and the subsequent Empire occupation. Uh, so yes, Django is now Mandalorian by canon. He's not a... Uh, as Nick would say, a, a, he's not from the nation of Mandalore, but he, through his saving as a foundling, subscribed to the ways of the Mandalorian. And because he is a clone, I, I, I don't like to do this because I think even in my Easter egg breakdown, I, I was like, listen, Boba's not a fucking Mandalorian. Case, case closed. He said it himself. 
he just gets the armor because it was in his family and by Mandalorian law, that makes sense. But through the technicality of cloning, he is the exact same person as his father. Therefore, I guess by clone, you could call him a Mandalorian light. Uh, but he tells you, he's like, he has allegiance to nothing. He never fought for Mandalore. I don't think he gave a fuck about their creeds or believing in anything. I mean, l- let's be real. He was the most nefarious bounty hunter during the OT timeline. Like, all he did was fuck with the good guys, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a shithead. Uh, but, you know, it was, it was nice getting the chain code and the Django mention all that fun stuff. Uh, we had like a who's who of, of Star Wars prisoners here. I mean, we, we had some of the gang that messed with Mando in episode two. Uh, they were in there. There was a whole bunch of people, but the one we got to that's a true egg and, and one that surprised me, Nick, and I wouldn't say surprised me in a good way, but that's the fact that uh, Mayfeld looks like he is coming back after all. Bill Burr lied to us. Yeah. I don't, I don't get this, man. I, it's like, I didn't mind Mayfeld. I don't see how he becomes a key to Mando's team to go rescue Grogu. Like, why bring back this character? Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, obviously all shows and decisions made in shows will have some, you know, consequence based off of real life. So, you know, John and Dave probably liked working with Bill and they were like, you know what, man? We liked your character. We liked the way that you played him. It seems like the 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 audience kind of resonated with what you brought to Mayfeld. So we'll we'll bring you back. Just like fucking what's his name, Mithril. Mithril was a, right. a nobody, and they were just like, well, you know, Mithril was a fun character. Yeah, I, we like Horatio Sands. So here you go. But he was he was Mithril in the way he was returned. It was like all right, fine. He he was still just kind of ancillary comedic relief. Mayfeld, it sounds like, is being brought back as a main plot point. Yeah, like like, like a crew member. Like uh, I mean, some of our predictions for seven have to be they're going to go break out Mayfeld and probably get Din and some shit with, with the Carson and Trapper Wolf and all them. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's odd that Mayfeld is becoming like, oh, he is the main plot point of probably an episode and may carry on into episode eight. I, I'm just thinking, uh, but uh, what other new characters have been introduced that would have made sense? It, there, there's yeah. not many. They would have had to have, again, pulled from the uh, vast sources of EU or new canon material and dropped in like a surprise character. I, I just found it. I don't know, odd that, that this was going to be the guy that Mando felt was going to be the key to getting <laughs> Grogu back. Yeah, it's definitely an odd choice. I did not see the Mayfeld twist coming at the end. Um, and then also it seems like, you know, in terms of, you know, what's going to happen, Kara is going to be with him. There's a lot of interesting right. kind of subplots that are going to come along yeah i wish they i wish they sub in cardboard for kara because it does look like she may get another episode but i'm going to address a few things in the chat here uh our buddy brian harvey the star wars noob (laughs) he's wondering he always thought the jedis and mando were enemies and he is correct but again even as bat is saying here and i'm kind of with bat boba is not a mando outside the armor But as Boba himself explained it, you know, fate has a way, at least in the Tatooine desert, of saving the wretched. Yeah. And I I mentioned this in my breakdown. It it really seems like Boba had a lot of uh, thinking time 
and he kind of rethought who he was in life and yeah. who he wanted to be. And it was surprising at the end that he's like, yo, no, fuck you. We didn't honor our, our deal. Yeah. I, I'm and going to pay off on that. As a warrior culture. And I mean, I don't know if, if Brian, I don't know how much Brian knows, but like if he, it seems like he may be referring to like the, the Mandalorian wars against the Jedi and stuff like that back in old can I mean, not even old canon that is now canon. Um, the Mandalorian Wars against the Jedi in the Old Republic days, like even even that, like if we treat the relationships that we see as in, in, in Kotor as you know as canon based off of that new revelation that the Mandalorian Wars is canon, like even Candorus told Revan your character, like, hey, look, yeah, we fought and you know the, we we lost the war, but we don't have any ill will towards you guys. Yeah, because Brian, you are. Put it this way, uh, you know how warrior like Mandos are. They're going to respect another warrior culture, exactly. and if they lose, exactly. they'll they'll take the loss like men and women that they are. Uh, but you you also have to understand a lot of the way we see Mandos armored up now and the weapon sets they have are directly a result of their battles with the Jedi. With the Jedi, they had to they right. had to have Beskar armor in order to combat Jedi because that was the only thing that yes, could stop the, the armor itself blades. the flamethrowers the trip wires the the mm -hmm. the whistling birds anything yeah. you see din Jet using today probably resulted from their battles with the Jedi all right yeah. is that is that nerdy enough for everybody like if you get force pushed by a Jedi and you don't have a jetpack to catch yourself before exactly. you smash into a wall, there you you're go. probably just dead. There you go. You could pretty much anything they're wearing is a direct counter to what a Jedi can do. Yeah. So uh, and that's there, why there Mandos are badasses, and that's why the Empire never wanted them to truly get organized as a fighting force. Cause if they did I'm pretty sure the Mandalorians organized would have ended the Empire in about a week. Yeah, if if the if the Mandos sided with the rebellion in mass, it would have been not really a fight. <laughs> uh, but I'm with Bat too. Me, me and Bat agree on Boba and the Mando stuff. But as I said, by technicality, <laughs> since he is Django, but he just changed his name to Boba, he could be. But I, I, he's not. He even told us, he's like, I don't believe in bullshit. So there we go. And there it is. And this is another one, I think, uh, when we got, uh, it was a Still Wars release, Nick. And I believe Star Wars Theory was the one. Like, that That may be the dark saber in the child's eyes. And yep. we were like, oh, it could be. Because Gene Carlo more or less <laughs> teased that he and Grogu would have some alone time this season. And, and we got exactly that. Yep. Uh, so this is just kind of rounding up the eggs here, but we did get to see the dark saber again. He was teasing the poor little kid with it. Uh, just Gideon is just a, a Mac daddy bad guy, which shouldn't surprise anyone considering the actor playing him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm really interested to see where this goes, especially considering what we saw Grogu doing <laughs> before, like before he walked in the room, Giancarlo, like, and that's yeah. going to be one of the things we get to in the top moments. But right. I mean, the, Grogu has some, some hatred within him that Ahsoka called out, oh, in, yeah. you know, in the previous episode. And we now get to see it a little bit. So. He, he knows how to defend himself. And, and again, he, he likes to take cues from Vader's playbook. Yeah, uh, I love that. Just ragdolling some stormtroopers. But the poor little guy, you know, he pissed through his macaroons too quickly and, and had to take a nap. But yeah, time for some best moments here, Nick. 
Uh, obviously, anytime the two interact, I mean, Daddy Din and Grogu, it's going to make it. But this was a it was a poignant moment. And, and I don't know if we could have predicted what was going to happen to the crest on this moment. Uh, but we should have known something was was going to happen between these two when they focus on the shifter knob. The shifter knob has become synonymous for Din and Grogu's bond. Yeah, it's everything. Everything at this point, even even more so by the end of this episode. But I just liked it was funny watching Din just say Grogu's name and laughing at it. It almost plays more into Nick's thing that Din may actually be a low IQ individual. <laughs> because <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Nick. He's like Grogu, and, and he would look up. He'd be like, <laughs> and what's funny, what's fucked up is. He knows the kid's name now. In the most pivotal moment where he needs to get Grogu's attention, he doesn't even say yeah. his name. He kid. just keeps saying kid. kid. I'm like, right. like you you know he responds to his name. You were doing it for fun in the fucking ship. Uh, oh my god. I knew you'd like that. But it really it really does kind of play yeah. into your dummy din take. <laughs> so you'd be like Grogu, you go. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. I love it. It was a good one. Uh, And that was before we knew the title. Uh, But because right after that scene, we get the tragedy. It's like, it's like, uh oh. Oh, okay. Well, that scene was probably a little more important than than we thought. Uh, You had to love the the Iron Man lift up to the seeing stone on Tython. That was a fun moment, especially that they added in a little whoopee, like as he (laughs) zips by the screen. Uh, I love the child, Grogu. We speak your name. And yes, hey, well, look at this. A Boba Fett hater put another Mm -hmm. Boba Fett moment into a best moment. And -hmm. that was the fact that just out of nowhere, the Slave One shows up. I mean, really, who would have thunk after the tease in episode one that this is how Boba would be officially reintroduced? Dude, it's crazy how if if you just think about canon Boba Fett now, this motherfucker is an excellent tracker. Like, I don't know, because we know that he has a tracking beacon on the Razor Crest from the Empire, but, like, there's no way that Boba Fett no, knows about I, I, that I shit. Mean, I mean, I think, and it's it's kind of what we were postulating on before. I mean, Boba had been tracking Din's movements from season one. I mean, I yeah. don't know how he was following him off planet. At this point, we just have to assume that Boba and Fennec left when Din did Tatooine, yeah. and they've... Obviously, they weren't going to get mixed up with him in episode two because the New Republic was shooting his ass. In episode three, they weren't going to show up on Trass when all the other Mandos fucking popped up. Uh, in episode four, uh, again, they're not going to show up when the Mando has his friends. In episode yeah. five, they're not going to fuck with him when he's got a Jedi with him. So they waited until he was by himself to kind of spring their deal on him. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a little messed up they, that they use Grogu as bait, but it, it worked. It was just, it was very surprising. And I, I like that type of shit. I mean, I love to sit here. You're not going to get any chest pounding this week because I failed miserably on every prediction. So while I am a jerk off most of the time on this show and toot my horn more than I should, I will also let you know when I fail. That's just how I am. Uh, I just, I did not see this coming from, what, 12 parsecs away, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely unexpected. When I when I heard Tython, and I was like, Tython seeing stone, I was like, 
Boba Fett was the last thing in no. my mind. I, like I was this. like, I was like, oh, at this point, we'll be lucky to see him again in season three if we have to go back to Tatooine because we, we we knew nothing. But if you really think about it with hindsight, it was it was a brilliant move. Yeah, because uh, I think it, it sets up Boba to kind of have a a hero turn, which he's already having, versus a heel turn. And it was just so unexpected. I think it just made Boba's revival that much more poignant, that much more like, yeah, like no one had any clue this was coming. So it was a true Christmas gift for Star Wars fans. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Uh, Next one. Next two. Yeah, these are fucking insane. All right. This is this is where. I will finally buy into all of your bullshit, not Nick's, but everyone else's that have read the EU comics about Boba and who are telling me that I was an idiot for thinking that he was a bozo. All right. I finally seen it. It makes sense to me. It's in canon. It counts now. What he did with the gaffy stick was one of the, if not the most impressive melee battles I've seen in all of Star Wars. I mean... We're talking more impressive than lightsaber fights. This this is a dude with a essentially a steel mace cracking the shit out of stormtrooper faces, heads, chest plates, stabbing them. Uh, I mean, just doing happy Gilmore finishing <laughs> kills. It, it was awesome. Yes. Yeah. This guy right here that we watched in episode six, I I will give you, is a bad man. He is a bad ass. Yeah. No and doubt I know about that, it. Like, just in terms of the actual practical nature of this fight, like it seemed like Tamira did a lot of it. Well, like, I don't I don't want to spoil it, but when we get to the, the Tamira interview, Nick, we'll find out exactly what went down and why okay. he looks so badass doing this. And, and you're not too far off if you're thinking what I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, so yeah, th- this was one of the best parts of the episode. I-, I still think him showing up in the armor was the Boba Fett moment, like the definitive he's back. Yeah. But, but watching him do this shit with a gaffy stick was just pure uh, brutality in motion. Yeah. And here it is. Uh, it was an Easter egg, but it's also a best moment. Hey, look at this. The angry guy still has some love for Boba Fett. Quit fucking with me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he looked great. I mean, outside a little bit of a beer belly, but it is what it is. You get older, you, your, your stomach gets a little bit bigger if you don't work out. It's not that hard to figure out. Uh, plus, like Nick said, and, and we'll, we'll learn about it, it, it's not like Tamara was keeping himself in shape waiting for Lucasfilm to call. Yeah, uh, but seeing this guy in the acid-washed armor show up, and you know Cobb kind of held himself well in the armor and, and did some cool shit in, in that little village of of most whatever the hell it was now. Pelgo, most Pelgo. Yep. Watching someone that actually knows how to use every uh, intricate feature of the armor, like we've seen Din do. It was great. I mean, like yeah. like seeing the knee pads actually do something, seeing him, you know, use his gauntlets, just the gun slinging. He does his dad's gun flip and into the holster move. Uh, just, I mean, they 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 really brought the character back right. Uh, we still want to know how we got here, and I think at this point, 
now that they have officially reintroduced him, the the Boba Fett spinoff to me is a done deal. I mean, it, it has to happen now. Uh, but it, it was just it was yeah. neat. It was it was really it, it was almost magical to see this character after all these years, after all the hate for me, show up and do something that I've been told for years now that this character is known to do. Uh, so I loved it, but I loved it even more so when he strapped the armor on. Yeah. And he even did, I loved the, 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 the two ship knock. Yeah. Did you, did you? And at the end he's like, ah, I'm just, I wasn't even aiming for that one. That's yeah. Perfect. It's like, I just wasn't trying to hit so it. So see, Boba's not even that good. He couldn't even fucking hit his target. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Connor, what is going on? Welcome to the stream. Connor Tierney. That seems like a new one or someone we should know. If I forgot, that's my bad. But when, when I'm in show mode, I don't really know what the hell's going on. All right, another surprising moment. And one this that was big. like, th- this may be the true tragedy, right? Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Grogu, he, he's a 50-year-old Yoda species. We know he's fairly strong in the Force. But he is, he's helpless for the most part, especially when he expends his energy. But seeing the crest, the crest who has done nothing <laughs> nothing to anyone but 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 fairy din in his ward to all the locations he needs to get to i mean it, it's been shot at by the or not shot at it's been chased by the new republic it's been eaten by ice monsters it's been shit on by spiders it's been repaired by mon cows with nets and tridents and other random seafaring <laughs> shit. And just as it got repaired and booby trapped, Gideon's dick ass blows it up from the sky, TLJ style, right? Like we got one of those, those orbital bombs just comes yeah. in and vaporizes it. Yeah. It is gone. I. This was probably the most unexpected thing from this episode. And I don't know if it's because we're so ingrained into the toy community, like the the Star Wars toy community. Press pause photography is kind Gotcha. We speak um, your name, press pause. Welcome to the show. Uh, I don't know if it's because we're like so into that world and like we've been following the HasLab Razor Crest and all <laughs> that, this other shit. That's the shit. best part. And then like right as the HasLab Razor Crest finishes its fucking yeah. campaign... They nuke it. Right. It's just gone. <laughs> like, and there's you, no repairing this shit now. It is fucked. Yes. So. This, this version of the crest is no more. Uh, and I know we, we've been kind of kicking the tires in Discord, and, and some are thinking Din's going to inherit the Slave One due to a heroic act from Boba Fett. It's possible. Uh, which is a definite possibility and would be cool. And, it, and honestly, Nick, maybe I will pat myself on the back this episode. But I can remember at one point in time, I was vehemently against Boba coming on the show because I felt like it would detract from Mando. Then I kind of changed my tune. I was like, you know what? If they do it right and these two possibly link up and maybe work together, it could really enhance the legend of Mando while also adding to, for me, the small legend of Boba Fett. And uh, I think that's where we are going. So if, if Din did inherit the Slave One, obviously it would just pay off on that even more. It would be uh, very iconic for longtime fans if Din inherited the ship. But 
there is still a chance that he could get another Razor Crest. All right. This is it was a model of ship from the Clone Wars era. Mm-hmm. There could be another one out there. Maybe I, he I, goes to a famous junk dealer on Tatooine and finds okay. one. It's it's possible. I hope that he gets a new ship. I mean, I, I and look, it's not because I have anything against the Razor Crest. I thought it was really cool. But I, I was never a fan of like, oh, this big piece of your life was just destroyed. But don't worry, here's an exact replica of it. Right. That you can just have again and then pretend like you never lost your other one. I thought that that makes the moment lose significance. Like if 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 they're playing this moment as a significant loss for him, which I think they're trying it was to do. Everything. Because, he lost yeah. everything, but as we'll see, I think in the next slide, but the shifter knob and the best car spear. And the best car spear. So like if they just come back and say like, oh, well, don't worry. There, we, there was an exact ship just like it. Uh, like you said, Watto had one that he'll sell to you for whatever on Tatooine right. and you get your exact Here, ship I, back, I, you lose the moment. I agree. And I think the only way they can bring back a crest and it actually not kill this moment is if, let's say, like Pelly has built him one after hearing about it blowing up. It, it's it, got to be significant. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like it, like it fits within the world they're building in Mando and it, and it pays off on one of his former relationships yeah. or it would be, you know, like something like the, the Watto, like a big fan service moment. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with Nick. I think he is right. And I think narratively the death of the crest means a lot more if, if Din has to fully move on. Uh, but it did kind of become synonymous with the character like the Falcon did with Han. So, But I think, like, especially with Din, the crest was a symbol of his independence and his his life as a bounty hunter. Like, the first time that we see the crest, it's filled with his bounties. And he's no longer a bounty hunter. Let's be real. Like, he still, you know, has a relationship with, with you know, Grief, who's running the guild and all this, but he's not a bounty hunter. Like, he, he doesn't live that life anymore. He, he was doing that to make money for the, what the fuck were they calling themselves? Covert. The covert. Right. Yeah. So, like, now that that part of his life is over, he should, like, the loss of that ship should be as significant to him in a shift like you know as the shift in his lifestyle is so i mean that's my opinion on it but i'm sure that you know there's plans I, for i'm with you dude i i, I think you're i think you're dead nuts right but i i do think if he is to get another crest model it, <clears throat> it would have to be done in a way that like you said means something to the story that we've been shown in the mando yeah like like one of his former run-ins helps him secure it or, or re uh, built one up for him, whatever. But uh, it could be gone, and, and the whole inheriting the slave one probably isn't too far off. Yeah, I uh, like how Big, it, Big Amish says, he said, uh, hopefully he ends up on Jakku uh, for a ship and sees the Falcon and says, not that piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Han had lost the Falcon at that at point. The, probably we're, not at that he's point. He's still That's going around the soon. galaxy, you know, hooking yeah. up with Leia and trying to get her pregnant. Yeah, I mean, this se- seven years, th- you're talking probably Ben is... Two, three, I, I don't young, think he, I don't even know young. if he's born yet. To be yeah, honest with if, you, if anything. Okay. So yeah, that was sad. I mean, that was like uh, that was a tragedy. Like I said, I don't know which was the bigger tragedy: Grogu kidnapped or the crest completely vaporized. Yeah, the whole thing, everything's a tragedy. 
uh, obviously the the moment of the capture that was a a highlight i mean yet yeah, it sucked but it was a pretty big moment for the show and it's only going to propel our characters further i mean now grogu is on his own we're going to see how he handles that uh we're going to see din without him and and what's he going to do how is he going to save grogu and I will say that in this scene, this is the one of the very few times in this show that you see Grogu fully animated. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't know that, but thanks yeah, for the tip. He, he was fully CG for that because when you, you could tell when he's laying down, like you could see that it was a fully CG I do. Operation. I'm going to go ahead and address a question from the chat here from Vicente. And other people have asked about this, and I think it may end up just being a plot hole, but he's, he's asking about Din's jetpack. So if you remember at the beginning of the episode, Boba, for some reason, made him take it off so they could wheel and deal, and he wouldn't just fly away to to save Grogu, even though if he had a sniper on the baby, I'm not sure how the jetpack would have helped that. Yeah. Uh, but it was done specifically for the story to remove the jetpack from Din so he could not rock it up there when the Dark Trooper showed up. Yeah. I'm guessing he just grabbed it off screen, and it's with him on the Slave 1. I would assume so. Uh, because if he if he shows up with the jetpack in, in episode seven or eight, I don't want a bunch of people going like plot hole, plot hole, plot hole, plot hole. It's we like don't, not everything. Needs we to don't be shown. need to see every little fucking detail. I mean, yeah. I know why he took it off. It should have been clear why he was written to take it off. It was specifically for the moment where the troopers are coming down and he needs to get up to the hill as fast as possible. And lo and behold, he doesn't have the jetpack. Yeah. That's why it was taken off. The fact that we never see him grab it again is a because the episode was so quick and they weren't going to waste time on a quick shot of him grabbing his jetpack to walk onto the slave one. So I, I do think he will have his jetpack back. Yeah. If he does not, then there you go. He's an idiot like Nick has been saying, and he left <laughs> it on Tython. Yeah. So that, that's we'll, the, I mean, that's we'll see. I assume that he's got it. There's no way that he just left it there, like unless it was damaged in the battle or something like that. Right. I, I mean, it, everything. As soon as he took that that jetpack off, things started to get hairy. But you have to like suspend disbelief to a certain point too, because we also know that he can remotely control the jetpack. Right. Like we've already seen him do that. So technically, in that fight. If he knows, like, oh, I don't have my jetpack, but I need to get to this thing, he could have fucking hit the button on his wrist that he used to rocket that exactly whatever it was up and to just get it back. Yeah, like to him while he's up. running, he hits it and it, it attaches on him and he takes off and he's right yeah. up there. So, but you like if 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 movies function like that, then the bad guys would never have exactly. a tense moment. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, let, let's not get too worked up about a supposedly missing jetpack. I, I would not be surprised yeah. if it shows up this week. I really wouldn't. Yeah. And please, people, don't get butt hurt over that. Don't write articles about how Mandalorian is full of plot holes because we didn't see how he got a new thigh pad in episode one and how he possibly got his jetpack onto the slave one in episode six. Yeah, yes. let, let's be real, all right? Let's be real. Exactly, uh, he was panicking. He's not going to sit there and it, literally he is he's about to have a duel with Boba Fett. And as that's going on, the, the fucking empire shows up, okay? <laughs> like he's not going to sit there like, "Oh shit, I I took my jetpack off. I need to throw it back on." He's like, "Uh-oh, the kids up there. These people are here. The empire's coming. I got to scramble." 
Yeah, exactly. Not really thinking about the pack at that point. So. And, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but the, the scene where he's walking through the ashes of the crest and just looking so downtrodden. And you could, I could feel Boba Fett and Fennec feeling bad for Din. Like just the way they were looking, their body posture. It's like he lost an extension of his soul, which he did. Yeah. I mean, the and cr- Boba would know best too, because when you're a bounty hunter and you're a nomadic kind of person, your ship is your home. Exactly. You know? It is. It really, I mean, without his ship, who is Din Djarin? What can he do, really? Nothing. He's Now he's going to have to, like, Uber himself around yeah. and kick ass. Call space Uber, and you know they take forever to get to where you are, especially out on Tython. Right. Because nobody fucking goes to Tython. But you can take it to the bank. The shifter knob will come into play at a very key moment for Grogu. I'm going to call it right here. I'm going to tell you what the moment is. It's going to be the saving moment, I, I think. It's going to be, they're going to be going to rescue him. And Mando's like, they're going through wherever they are, going through the facility where they have Grogu. And Mando, like Grogu is going to be like fucking Vader tied to a table, like at the end of episode three. And Mando's going to walk in and he's going to have whoever's with him, Mayfeld, Kara, Grief, all of them. He's going to have the whole gang. Fucking Fennec there, Boba, all of them. And then fucking he turns around. Uh, Gideon's there. He turns around. He takes out the Darksaber. Two dark troopers come up to his side. And then fucking Mando takes out the ball. And then little baby Yoda, little Grogu, pulls it with the force right through Gideon's head. Yeah, so like a Magneto moment. Or not Magneto, yeah. the other guy, the, the Kevin Bacon guy <laughs> that, that kills people with quarters and shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, right through his skull. I know you're kind of being slapsticky because we wouldn't see that in <laughs> Star Wars, but that I, that's kind of what I'm hinting at. You just watch yeah. the shifter knob will play a key role in the mission to save Grogu. I know yep. it. Even even if it's Grogu is starting to lean towards the dark side, maybe he's getting brainwashed by Gideon and, and he's not listening to Din. I'm telling you, he's going to pull that fucking ball out and that's going to be the click. Like, oh, yes, now I know. Uh, just watch. Just watch. They do not film scenes like this for no reason. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is all setting stuff up, just like him finding the spear. I'm t- I think I said it last week. He will be fighting Gideon with this spear in the Darksaber. At this point, it's a done deal. This, this Foreshadowing. Spe- this spear is going to be slapping itself against the Darksaber. Yes. Uh, and then, obviously, the, the, the talk between them all. And the fact that Boba and Fennec, two former nefarious characters who have now as they both explained, have sort of been reborn in the sand, in the Dune Sea, are, are now kind of doing the right thing and teaming up with Din to go rescue Grogu. So that was pretty excellent to, to uh, kind of cement this, this team up. And I guess while we're here, Nick, the team up, I, I think over the next two episodes, we are going to be building towards an Avengers Endgame type of showdown. Where you're going to have all of the, the right. good guys I, show I would up. not be surprised if, if Bo and the Owls show up for this fight. I would not be surprised if Ahsoka shows up for this fight. And as I said in my breakdown that no one watched, be prepared for a cap on your left moment for the Jedi that Grogu undoubtedly contacted from the Seeing Stone. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that'll be episode eight ish, and I'm still not sold that it's going to end on a high note. It still could the the Jedi or whoever shows up a bit too late, and we do get a true Empire type of ending for the season. Uh, but I, I think we're going to be rolling into the finale with a super squad of Star Wars characters. Din, Boba, Fennec, Bo and the Owls, potentially Ahsoka, Mayfeld's dumbass, although I still (laughs) think he's going to turn on Din. And it's just making Nick look smarter with calling Din a dummy. Because why why is Din going to go want someone that he fucked over and think that this person is actually going to help him? But I guess we'll find out. Uh, So those are some loose speculations, predictions really for the the rest of the season here but i do yeah. think we are we are forming a super squad to go yeah. uh save grogu and the I jedi kinda, will be the last minute save or the last minute Oop, you were too late yeah a little too late yeah i mean we i kind of talked about that in the beginning of this season as well like he's he kind of you know he did that to an extent in the first season where like he put together his his gang and it was really just grief and Kara, ig11 and Kuil, but IG and Kuil didn't make it out. And now he did the same thing. Like he's building his squad, his his you know his friend group that's going to be there and save him. Like you said, his Avengers. So um, but yeah, these these moments were all top notch. I uh, like how we, we the Gideon, only ones we didn't cover were the, were Baby and the Gideon. I mean, obviously yeah. watching Grogu fuck up stormtroopers was great, and and getting Gideon's shit talking was another good episode. Yeah, the the whole baby talk to him was very. Uh, you know funny funny in my opinion but but uh, let's um i guess general do you have any just a lot of people are fixated on on the jedi okay i guess let's spend a little time on that before we do predictions for episode seven i'm still like luke no way it just it it can't be done it can't be done because of the character and the age of the actor yes i know sebastian stan we actually get a lot of people coming to our site for sebastian stan as young luke because i posted a boss logic image uh, months and months ago think about how fucked up star wars fans are for a moment and hear me out here they couldn't handle Ahsoka Tano's Lekus being an inch or two short. You, you're, you're telling me, fans that were ready to burn down all of Disney's Star Wars based on how Luke Skywalker was portrayed in Episode Eight, the way he looked, what he did, you're telling me they're going to accept either a completely new actor playing Luke Skywalker or a, a fucked up Franken version that somehow de-ages Hamble. You're telling me fans are going to accept that with a, with a grin and take it. Yeah, it's... I no mean, way. It's 110% Ezra for, for Connor, for Press Pause, who's like, he, he says at the beginning of the season, I would have never thought they'd do Luke, but they have almost written themselves into a corner where it can only be Luke. I don't know if nah. you've watched Rebels, Connor, or if you know of Ezra Bridger and Thrawn and how that whole series ended. But honestly, the only one that it can be is Ezra. Well, Given, I, would, I would also say Cal at this point is a viable option. I just don't option. think that they're going to bring him in. Hey, I don't hey. think that there's enough of a tie to anything else. I didn't think we'd see the there. Slave One flying across the Tython skyline either. So I mean, you, it's you never true, know. But we, but we knew that Boba was going to be involved in this right. in some way, shape, or form. There was no way around Boba Fett. Like... Given the nature of this television series, 
And then also knowing that he was going to be on Tatooine and the involvement that he has with everybody around Boba Fett, even not directly involved, but like that area being a bounty hunter, being involved in the underworld and all this shit. We had an idea that he was going to be in it to some degree. But with Cal, like Cal's a prequel era character that has never made his way into anything else outside of his one particular video game. And in my opinion, like if like, yes, he if he is alive, I will give it a point zero one percent chance that it's him. But like given everything that we've seen in this series with Bo and the Night Owls and the Darksaber with Ahsoka, with the mention of Thrawn and everything else that was in Rebels, the only character that it can be is Ezra. Yeah, I just I think the writing's on the wall. I mean, Dave and John have exclusively been cherry picking from the animated stuff heavily. Yeah. A lot of it. And I think they're going to stick with that. And, and the Thrawn name drop was was the biggest tip to Ezra yeah. potential. I mean, Kung Fu's not on the Ezra the bandwagon. It's like, fine. He's like, oh, he's too young. Who gives a shit how young he is? Uh, it's his connection to the Force it's all that stuff. I mean, who, who knows what Ezra did the years he was sucked away with Thrawn. He could have been just sitting yeah. there meditating in the force the whole entire time. Yeah. And I mean, like this show is already inevitably linked to rebels. Thanks to episode five, having Ahsoka being the primary character of that episode. And then also having her primary purpose of being in that episode to find out where Thrawn is. And she knows she knows Thrawn has to know that Thrawn is back on yeah, why do you in the galaxy. Why do you think Ahsoka is looking for Thrawn? Yeah, like she already probably knows what to happened find, to Thrawn. Probably to figure out where Ezra's at. Yeah, like it's not like she just for some reason thinks that Thrawn and Ezra came back from the unknown regions. Like she knows that they ended up in the un- unknown regions because of how Rebels ended. For her to be there in fighting Morgan Elsbeth, who is a friend of Thrawn... She knows he's back. And the only, like you said, the only reason she's looking for him is to look for Ezra. Yeah. And if Thrawn's back, as we've said multiple times, there is a 99% chance that Ezra's back somewhere in some way, shape, or form, unless he's just dead. So or like, unless we believe Dave and that the Rebels epilogue takes place after all of the Mandalorian. And they're, yeah. they're and, and Ahsoka and Sabine are going to take a side tour and go look for Ezra. <laughs> yeah, which is like, I mean, that that could be the case. Who fuck knows? But like, it doesn't. It, it Luke would be incredible, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to see Luke here. Yeah, don't, don't get us Stan don't get us wrong. Job. Don't get us wrong. We're not anti Luke. I mean, Luke would be fantastic, but it's a cheat. I don't think they're. Uh, by the way, we're almost two seasons in, and there hasn't been a single Skywalker mentioned yet. And uh, the, literally, Leia's running the New Republic. Like, the, yeah. if the leader of the New Republic can't even get a casual mention, you think they're going to put a character as big as Luke Skywalker front and center? Yeah, I mean, and, and and just look at the the symbolism of what is of of how the Seeing Stone worked. They could have made the Seeing Stone work any way that they wanted well, to. Well, the problem with that, Nick, is it was very much like when Cal meditates in Jedi Fallen Order. It's like identical. Well, no, I'm not talking about like the, the, the position that he has. It's the way that the Force... No, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Up. If you remember in that game, when you do a checkpoint, he sits down and those runes light up and like a little beam of light goes up. Yeah. So, 
that's some people again were kind of tying cow and that connection if they bring there. it like cow is literally the worst option that i would rather them bring in nobody than cow <laughs> and just, i'm not saying that because just someone I don't we like never the, heard of yeah like i'm not saying it because i don't like the character of cow like we've already mentioned that he's a pretty middling character but like there was nothing wrong with him i just don't think that there is a, there are better people that you can bring into this era of Star Wars, given this story and everything around it. Like if you're if you're like big bang is Cal Kestis, then like you have missed your your own lead ins. Like uh, so I don't think it's Cal. I just think that like that beam shooting straight up like that, sending out a message to long lost regions of space being from a being on a essentially desolate long lost jedi home planet like that that just sends me i I'd assume i mean what he was doing i would assume is you're reaching out through the force right it's yeah. not like someone had to see the beam the beam was yeah, just no, a representation is... of what was happening that was yeah exactly like it is showing you that this is a far-reaching right. message it's, it's a force beacon we've heard about those i mean he was like yeah. hey i'm here this is me do you do you love me? Can you hear my name? Like he's doing his little song and, yeah. and meditating all that stuff. If it's if it's not Ezra, then I think that they're not going to bring a Jedi in. To we, this well, season. we got Kev's collectible, and I've seen this one too. He's throwing out Kyle Katarn, the the dark trooper guy. Again, like Kyle would work. Kyle's another Legends character that they could bring in, and Dark Troopers, I know, tie to him because of the Dark Forces series and stuff like that in the video games. But it's like, what... If you are not going to do Ezra, then what was the point of the Thrawn mention? What was the point of the Ahsoka inclusion into the series and her, her charge, what she was doing? Like, I don't think that you... Make, like you can put Ahsoka in the in the season and not have her mention Thrawn, and people would have been completely fine with it. Like right. the fact that you put that in there, it was is, deliberate. Is leading you, yes, it's leading you down a logical path. And no, I agree. No I, other I mean, way. Dave is using Mando to finish telling some stories he started in the animated universe. That that's that's one hundred percent what's going on. Yeah. And I'm I'm with Boyko here. And I think even Nick and I talked about at some point in time. He he said I was hoping Thrawn was a good guy at this point. And I know during one of our long-winded tangents, Nick and I mentioned, like, you know, what if Thrawn and Ezra did kind of just work things out and almost become a a pair themselves? Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't sound like Thrawn's a good guy. So yeah, I mean Morgan was still raising a planet to give him resources for the Navy, so yeah, so I, I don't think he's good. If anything, and it's going to sound fucked up, it's more likely that Thrawn turned Ezra bad than, than Ezra turned yeah, Thrawn good. Because if you've, if you've ever read anything about Thrawn, hey, like if you've read any of the Thrawn books, like that is one thing that, that he does really well, is like the people who work under him or the people who are directly within his sphere of influence become not really infatuated with him, but they like, you know, they center themselves around Thrawn in a way like one of the, the the main characters of the new Thrawn trilogy um not the chaos rising one is is Eli Vanto who was like an imperial officer who essentially was held back because Thrawn wanted to keep him at his side but this dude oh like was completely loyal to Thrawn after you know finally getting used to him and that, that it's more likely that 
that Ezra goes bad, then Thrawn goes good. But I don't think it's going to be either The name drop of Thrawn was to build hype. No, 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 no. To build hype. To build hype for the Ahsoka spinoff series, which no one even knows if it's real, if it is great. But I'm telling you, the Mando is the main project, all right? Yeah. Thrawn, I mean, maybe. Thrawn will be on Mando. Yeah, like I, I think like it is possible that you get all of these different spinoff series that are being talked about, but then also like given that but they all given connect the way, back to the Mandal like the Mandalorian, as John said, is the world builder now. It is yeah. the jumping off point for any of these leaked, rumored, not real yet series. So Yeah. So everything I mean, is still gonna always tie back to the Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean it's possible. It's possible that, you know, that that ties into another series to come years down the road but i don't I, I do think that matt's right that he will eventually show up in mando and i think i don't know i mean we'll see i i think that the, honestly like the most likely Listen, scenario okay is that i need to, i need to clear up because a lot of people are clearly reading kessel run transmission vomit <laughs> Mando was created to be Mando. It wasn't created as a vehicle for the animated universe, okay? It, it, it's not here to kick off the Rebel sequel. The Rebel sequel will happen, but it will be directly related to Rebels. It will have nothing to do with what we've learned here in The Mandalorian. There's no way. Unless Dave is actually telling us the truth and the epilogue in Rebels. Now, this is all from Dave's mouth. We talked about last week if you need to go revisit it. Dave threw out there a possibility that the Rebels epilogue takes place after the events we are watching now in The Mandalorian. So if that is the case, which I still find to be just insane, then yeah, maybe some of the stuff happening in The Mandalorian is to kick off a Rebels animated sequel. I don't think it works this way. I think they're using the animated series to kick around ideas, get characters going, and then boot them into the live-action universe like they've been doing. Uh, but it's it just, we, we've seen too much. We've seen too much in this season and last season now as they connect for Dave's worlds not to be the main source of characters for the Mandalorian. It's just, that, that's, that's where it's at. Yeah. Uh, Dave's and George's creations in general are where they're pulling from. Yeah, we're getting the Cobb stuff from some books. Uh, I think Fennec was completely new. The reinvention, was- reinvention of Boba Fett. No, but they're they're using all the animated stuff to kind of flesh out the live action and not vice versa, in my opinion. Now, don't take this as Matt and Nick hate all these ideas of spinoff shows. I've I've told you this a thousand times. I'd watch anything Star Wars. Is more Star Wars the better? But but let's not get carried away with big names like a Thrawn dropped in Mandalorian was just for another show. And they're never going to address it again. I, I don't think that's the case, especially based on what Gene Carla was saying with who is pulling all the strings? How does Moff Gideon know all this stuff? Is there another being out there? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, it's Thrawn and Gideon. Are they warring factions? Or are they working together? Yeah. That stuff makes Mando interesting, not a potential rumored Ahsoka spinoff. <sighs> okay. Sometimes you just got to learn them, Nick. Got to learn them real life. And not, <laughs> yeah. not, not what they want, but what's really going to happen. Yeah. So um, we'll see the Jedi. I mean, it's also possible that nobody shows up. Like, that is a very distinct possibility because now the one thing about Mando is that it's never been about Force users. It's always been about the people around 
you know, the galaxy, not not the 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 Jedi heroes or the Sith evil villains. It's always been about the machinations of those people who don't use the force. And like for for all of the sudden now that the fate of this baby is now resting, the only hope for him is some force user to show up, I think is a misdirect. Like it's very possible that nobody shows up. And well, that it I mean, is on Mando and right. the team that he's built. To I, save I mean, it, it wouldn't even be a complete misdirect because Ahsoka herself said Grogu will decide if he yeah. if he wants to reach out. And I don't know if that means if he was going to activate the stone or not, or if he was just sitting there meditating and, and telling everyone, go fuck yourselves. I want to be a Mandalorian. Or if he really was reaching out like, you know what, maybe I should get over my attachments and hone this power. Jedi, do you hear me? Yeah. So two episodes left to find out the 11th and the 18th. So strap in people because we're, we're, we're done. We're, we're right. almost so done here. Before we get into this chain code thing, uh, episode seven predictions, I'm going to take an easy way out here. They're going to get Mayfeld. <laughs> yeah, May, May, they're going to get Mayfeld. This is going to be the, the setup to the final. But I, I, guess, I guess we'll take it a bit further. Will it be like season one where essentially seven and eight or just one long episode because seven, he shows back up on Navarro, Navarro uh, meets back up with grief and his cronies. They get eaten by some dragons. The baby saves grief. Grief changes his mind. Doesn't want to kidnap the baby after all. And then we kind of get the cliffhanger for episode eight where Gideon's got him cornered and we know the baby's in trouble. Uh, so I, I do think episode seven will directly bleed into eight. Yeah. Uh, I would assume by the end of seven, most of the posse has been formed up. Uh, and then in eight, we'll, we'll, we'll refine our predictions. But I, I'm still going with the, an, Inven- an Avengers Endgame type of ending. Uh, yeah. the, the, the one thing I cannot commit to, will it be a, a clean save with the Jedi coming in to save the day? Or will it be a, a, you know, a day late and a dollar short? Yeah. Where the Jedi shows up and Grogu either gets taken again and can't be found, killed, heaven forbid, turned to the dark side, who knows. But they, they have floated the idea that this season is their Empire Strikes Back, which... Could mean that it ends yeah, poorly. Yeah, it could hint that the good guys aren't going to wrap up every loose end. Yeah. So it's, I, I definitely agree that the, this one will be the retrieve Mayfeld and, and be on our way, like start to get towards our final objective. Do, do we get Bo and, Bo and her group towards the end of this? Does he call them to help him break out Mayfeld or, or Boba may, and Fennec enough for that? I think it's going to be Boba, Fennec, and then Kara, and then and who knows Mayfeld? if Grief will be oh, there To or get not. Mayfeld, right, yeah. Yeah, to get Mayfeld. Um, I mean, what's going to be interesting to see is, like, I, I think if, if he's going to call uh, Bo, he'll probably wait. We still don't know where they're going, though. Like, we know where they're going in terms of getting Mayfeld, but we don't know where... Right. We have no the, idea where Gideon's at, and, yeah. and they have no idea where Gideon's at. Yeah, I mean, so you, you still got to find out where this motherfucker is. Oh, you know is. what? You know why they may want Mayfeld? Remember, he was an Imperial. He yeah. was a sharpshooter, so maybe they think he has some information on, on Imperial codes like, or tracking. Like cl- or, clandestine yeah, bases, stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's very possible, too. Yeah. So he's a slice. I think they mentioned like he's like one of the best slicers or something like that. Right. So So maybe maybe that's why they're getting him and not because he's a supposed sharpshooter. I I was going to say, why they want him when literally Din owned his ass 
in season one and literally uh, owned him and his whole crew and locked them all up. Like, yeah. why does a guy like Din that took out Mayfeld's whole crew need May- Mayfeld's help? But yeah, it's, it's got to be the Imperial ties or something like that. But we'll, we'll see. It's, yeah, I mean, I, I assume we're going to find out where the fuck they are, too. Like, you know, where he's taking this kid. Because so do, do you he's think either by, on a ship or right, he's at a lab. Maybe they go fucking Camino. They go to Camino. There you go. That's a good one. I like that because he 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 was like, yo, get Pershing on the line. And we know Pershing is a Caminoan scientist. That was established in season one based on his patch on his lab jacket. So I like yeah. that, Nick. That is a great fucking call. So do we end up on Camino by the end of seven and have it wrap on eight? And then you just see a bunch of clone baby Yodas and like little cult <laughs> yeah, they're all, tanks. They're all, they all had the orange eyes already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, there, there we go. Loose predictions. But uh, we're, we're, we're kind of seeing this out. It's, I do think seven and eight will just be one big episode. And no, Kev, uh, we said this earlier. It, it's like they've cracked down on all the leaks. We haven't gotten run times or episode titles since episode five. So it's going to be another surprise. And you know what? There's a part of me. I love being able to speculate and give better predictions, knowing a little bit of that information, but based on how I felt last week and seeing that title show up fresh, I kind of like not knowing what was coming. So as a star Wars podcaster, I, I would love to be, uh, a little more in the know and and be able to give you better predictions, but that just isn't going to be the case. Yeah. So it's, I do think Nick, Nick had a great call with Camino. I fucking love that. And I, I would love to see that pay off. Uh, Cause we have not been there since attack of the clones and it, it played a huge role in how really the fucking of the galaxy. So, yeah. And, and another it, one, it, it'd be a, a direct nod to Boba's, upbringing i mean it's a great yeah. call by nick so hopefully that yeah, pays there's a off. lot of ties to that planet that still have yet to yeah be. That, that is a i mean that's usually something reserved for my star wars brain so i am i am glad to see young nick stepping <laughs> up to the plate when i'm off my prediction powers are waning and you got big nick whipping out that prediction dick there we all go. right all right nick let's get into the chain code breakdown because yeah. I, I know you have I sent. Um, I put a tweet in the Slack. It's a little bit above. Real, real quick, thing, sorry, it, Nick Klondike. Uh, yeah, we did discuss the whole Boba potentially dying heroically and Din inheriting the, the slave one. Um, it's very possible. We, we speak we'll your see. name. Hey, now. Yeah. Five more years of stern. Let's do it. All right, Nick, go ahead. Kick this off. I've already got to take my pee break. Look at this. This is an early pee for, for Matt. So uh, chain code. Because you, you know showed... a little bit more about, about Jaster and all the, the deeper shit, right? So. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go into a little bit about what this can potentially lead to for Django as a character. Um, so the chain code that Fett showed Din at the end of the episode basically broke down into this. Um the the article that we have on StarWarsTime.net kind of gives you a word-by-word breakdown of it. Um, but this is how it reads. It reads, Foundling took into, and then it cuts off. The year cuts off. Concord Dawn. And then this is where it gets important. Mentor Jast E, which would lead into Jaster Mareel, which is the character who found Boba Fett. That was the the Mandalorian in Old Legends canon, who was the foundling father to Boba Fett. And then it says, Father Fett, Boba Fett. So that the chain code essentially lays out the lineage of the armor um, that is 
uh, Django Fetz that was in- inherited by his son. Now, I what think this you could meant, lead you to, meant Jaster found Django. Ja- yeah, Jaster found Django. He is the foundling father. So, and, like, he and is the, the other thing the- that's important here, it, it 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 canonizes Django being from Concord Don. Concord so again, Don, he, he was yeah. not a a Mandalorian by birth. He yeah. is the the religious type or not? I don't. Yeah. Well, like so. So here's this is what's confusing about Mandalore in general. There is a planet called Mandalore, the planet, but there is an entire sector of the galaxy that is the Mandalore sector, and Concord Dawn is in the Mandalore sector of the galaxy. Which at that time, Concord Dawn and in the surrounding planets that were in that sector were under Mandalorian control. Right. But it so seemed it's the like, way they treated people. If you were not born on Mandalore, you could only become a foundling and earn your Mandalorian armor that way. Right? Yeah, it was, it's something similar like that. Yeah, like some people lived, some Mandalorians voluntarily left and went to Concord Dawn, and then they like kind of lived there and then taught the people of Concord Dawn the Mandalorian way, like the, like the way that, that Concord Dawn's relationship worked to Mandalore and old canon was, I can't really remember all of it because I read it so long ago, but the, the important parts are Jaster, uh, Jaster Muriel and the fact that Concord Dawn was there and then the founding aspect to Boba Fett. Jaster Muriel is the real big part of it. Jaster Muriel leads into the potential for expanding the Mandalorian civil wars from Legends canon, which had true Mandalorians, which were led by Jaster, and uh, Boba was fighting, I mean, Jango was fighting on their side, versus another Vizsla in Death Watch. So <laughs> Death Watch was actually established earlier in canon. Those fucking or- Vizslas are just yeah. problem childs. Yeah, so eventually in the Mandalorian civil wars, what happened was Jaster is killed, and Jaster was the Mandalore, the rightful leader of the Mandalorians. And, Ma- and Jango takes over as Mandalore. He becomes the leader of the true Mandalorian faction of, uh, you know, the two sides of the Mandalorian civil wars and is the rightful leader of Mandalore. Um, and somebody in chat a long time ago asked, like, do you think you can po- will possibly get back to a point where, where Boba takes over leading... You know, the leader becoming the leader of Mandalore, which no. he does at some point in Legends canon. I don't think that that's going to happen because of what's already been established. Bo Katan will be. Bo Katan, yeah. yes. So I don't think that that's going to happen. But it is very possible that they bring in a lot of the Mandalorian Civil Wars canon and then that and make Django the ex Mandalore. And that's, you know, one of the reasons. And this all happened before Clone Wars. Well, it's so, still a little weird because we have canon on Django through the Clone Wars. All Mech tells Kenobi, I believe. I forget which season. It's one of the first times Kenobi goes to Mandalore. Yeah. But Prime Minister All Mech tells Kenobi, he's like, hey, Django, he's just a jerk-off bounty hunter that stole it. So there is, I mean, there, there, I mean there, there's wiggle room, but you could just take it. You know, All Mech, he was a traditionalist. Was an, uh, yeah. he, he hated anyone that was not pure pure blood mandalorian and so also he, he would not that, like a foundling like a Django was yeah, and, and and given that that Almec was a part of the death watch section he would if they did bring in the true mandalorian things which i mean it's it's kind of weird because at the time that those episodes released like the true mandalorian stuff from the comics was all playing into the 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 show so like 
at the time, all mech would be like, that's bullshit because he would think, well, man, like Django was the leader of the true Mandalorian faction. Well, and it not also, Death Watch. it, it like, goes back to the Mandalorian civil wars. I mean, yeah. you, you have a civil war for a reason. Yeah. Right. So and, he probably would have hated Django's people yeah. side, and, whatever. And then, the, so the way that the the Mandalorian Civil War split out was it was Death Watch versus True Mando, but the the philosophy behind it was very similar to the philosophy that was happening when when Death Watch was reformed under Priva's Vizsla with Satine, except all you know, Jaster Mariel and the True Mandalorians believed that Mandalorians should stay honorable mercenaries the way that. They had been you would, you would think so if he's taking in orphans and teaching them the ways of Mandalore. Exactly. And then the Death Watch faction was like, no, we should be brutes. We should be, you know, basically... The warrior way. The call, all warrior. Not even all warrior. Just like we should be conquerors. We should, we should go back to being, you know essentially savages and just ransacking so pla- you're planets saying at random. Jaster would have been down with Satine. Yes. More I don't know if he would have been down with like a more passive Mandalorian culture where they wouldn't be as as you know main like he wanted to maintain the warrior culture but in a more honorable sense, not just brute savages running roughshod over the galaxy. That's kind of what Death Watch wanted. I don't know if he would have been like, okay, well, we shouldn't be warriors at all. He probably wouldn't have been cool with that. He they, he just wanted a more honorable way to it. He wanted to keep the honor in the Mandalorian right. society. Hey, if anything, what this chain code gives us, it just canonizes some of the legend stuff, just like getting Boba back. It it, yeah. it, it reaffirms for those that read the comics that are no longer canon that Django was indeed Mandalorian through the foundling way. Just like Din, clearly not part of the uh, nut job Mandalorians that Din is, but that that's because Django predated the Clone Wars and really the downfall of Mandalore. Yeah. Uh, so he wouldn't have been nuts or the whole helmets on and live in rat rat shit and piss holes, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the I mean, chain it's, code it's, it, it confirms Django was a Mandalorian through yes. whatever he fought. In the Mandalorian Civil Wars, which opens up potential for more storytelling and was from Concord Dawn. So, again, Dave really did kind of stroke the EU. He did he did honor it in a way. And it does. It just it gives some finality to the whole Fett family conundrum. Yeah. All right. Because we've been talking about this since the Mandalorian was announced. Are these assholes really Mandalorians or were they just bounty hunters in the armor? Well, it comes down to it. Jango was. He may have fallen off the path and became a shithead during the Clone Wars and was selling himself out to the bad guys. But in the end, he was a Mandalorian. And as we said, through a technicality, you could say Boba is too. Although I believe, as I think Bat said it, the only thing Mandalorian about Boba Fett is his gear. Um, And it seems he did learn how to be a better person in the desert. And he does like to honor his debts now or his deals. Uh, But I, I don't know. I mean, Boba as a... Mandalorian, even like his father, I think is a stretch outside of the fact that they share the same genes. Yeah, I mean, it's it will be interesting to see if there is an interaction between Boba and Bo-Katan, because that that whole dynamic could be very interesting. I mean, Bo-Katan would know of the Fets, especially Jango. Of course. 
So, I mean, for 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 her to interact with Boba could lead to very interesting things. Well, for it's that like character. in our chat, they're saying, will Bo and Boba fight? And there's a chance uh, she may see him and be like, you motherfucker, I hate your dad. Because let's be real. I mean, Django, I'm not saying he was he was outcasted. But he was clearly way, way beyond any of his Mandalorian upbringing by the time we meet him in Attack of the Clones. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the guy is doing some really shady shit. I mean, he he sold his genes to create an army. Yeah. He, which, he, which is interesting is. now. If you think about it, the clones are Mandalorians. Yeah. Think about that. In a way. And of course they are. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're templated from Django. I mean, the clone army had Mandalorian blood. Blood. DNA. There you go. Genes. Whatever. Maybe, whatever you want to call it. Not by birth, but you know, maybe he learned enough and it passed into his DNA. But our our lovely clones, and maybe that's why they were all so great. And that was like a part of old legends, is that eventually some of these clones found out their lineage and they would make their way back to Mandalore. And by this point in the story, Mandalore was just destroyed. Like it was a shell of its former yeah, self. It's and they were hole. literally living on like farms and shit. This is way, way, you know, this is in like uh, Legacy of the Force novels and stuff. So like you would have clones that that essentially went to Mandalore and dedicated themselves to the Mandalorian way, knowing that that's what their heritage was like, you know. It was very yeah, just, interesting was, to see was, how some of these clones baked into him. So it was all, all fun stuff, getting the, the Boba episode, getting some of the canon back up there, making Boba Fett not a bozo. Papa jumping in. Team Boba all the way. Well, I always knew he was a Boba lover, but he, he missed all the angry stuff. I don't... Do we need to go... I think we did a pretty good recap of your Boba Fett and Django deep dive. Yeah, there's really not too much else in there. Yeah, um, I think we... Really the big thing to be to be had there was the potential to bring in Mandalorian Civil Wars, Jas Mareel, and then the true Mandalorians versus Death Watch. So, All right. um, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, Tamara Morrison obviously plays Django and by default gets to play Boba. Sorry, Daniel Logan. You missed out <laughs> on that one. Uh, but he sat down with the New York times, believe it or not, he's a big deal. Yeah. And and just kind of talked about obviously the tragedy episode and, and the fact that Boba's back and he's he's bigger and better than ever before. Um some people in the chat are distracting me. They're talking about the armor showing up again. That's not I a bad know. call. Yeah. Not I mean, a it's, bad it's, call it's, if the possible. armor showed up and she probably would have an issue with Bo Katan or vice versa. And Boba and <laughs> basically right. any yeah, the potential Mandalorian. Nuts. Yeah. I mean, the armor is essentially like David Koresh. Okay. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that name resonates with people outside of the United States or even some younger fans probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but. The armor is essentially the the cult, cult leader. leader. She's the one that tricks everyone into, you know, taking a magic pill to go to sleep to catch an alien spaceship, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, who knows? Did you uh, watch the? Uh, I watched the Heaven's Gate thing on HBO Max. Just finished it. I have if not. I have not it. seen that one. That that was that was the people that they were convinced to drink essentially death juice to meet aliens, right? Yes, they okay. they, they killed themselves in '96 <laughs> when the comet came by. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it because uh, we'll, we'll hop on the comet. There you go. And that's yeah. that's essentially who the armor is. There's no Evans doubt Gate. about it. Like, yeah. I love her. She looked cool. She sounded cool. But now that we know a little bit more about what they were doing to our buddy Din, they're weirdos. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're a little weird. Okay, so uh, I'll just kind of get through this quickly because we're we're definitely going to have a record show today. Sorry. Uh, but I figured we we're going to get long with the Boba episode and everybody. Yeah. Hey there, Bossajan. Go suck a kangaroo cock. <laughs> you you want to be Boba Fett revisionist. Don't worry. I got some words for you coming up. All right. So uh, like I said, Tamara sat down with the New York Times talking about how this all came to be. And uh, hold on. Get some stern buddies here. Uh-oh. Uh, he, uh, this is the, the Brian guy had left our stream and now he's in my Stern show friend stream talking about how great we are trying to convince some of the other people to join this up. Yeah. Yeah. Go spread Uh, the word, Brian Hart. Yeah. Come on. Come on. We're still going there. Mr. Bardo evangelist. We're still going Mr. Bardo Harvey. Give him the link. Here (laughs) we go. All right. So anyways, he sits down. He's like, you know, um, How'd this come to be, Tamara? Did you did you know about this? Yada yada yada. And he he's pretty much like, listen, man, I've been waiting for this ever since I heard <laughs> Disney Disney bought the license and they're talking about you know bounty hunter movies and this that and the other thing. You know, I, I've just been sitting around like you know maybe they'll use Django Fett again. Who knows? Bounty hunters, let's do it. Yeah. And you know he's like, my agent and I had a number of discussions. When are they going to call me? But then I kept forgetting about it. In this day and age, they have a number of options. They could have called other people to play the part. They can go with a fresh face. They could have called The Rock. <laughs> uh, no, they could not have called The Rock. That I mean, even your little beer belly was was getting fans upset. So could you imagine if Boba Fett showed up about a foot taller and about 150 pounds of more muscle? <laughs> yeah, that would have not gone off. He just said, I felt so grateful that after all this time, something came to be. Um, so this is how it actually went down. Uh, Tamura didn't even know what the hell the Mandalorian was about. Uh, obviously, he knew about the Mandalorian ties to his character and Boba Fett. Uh, so at the time, I was in Los Angeles meeting on another film. So I was pleasantly surprised to get the call. I actually got to the meeting quite early. I was so excited I got there about two hours early and there were conceptual drawings on the wall. I saw an image that looked like me and I said, I'm sure that's me. But even then, I didn't want to get too excited. I was just listening. I wasn't discussing anything. I'm just nodding, going, yes, yes. (laughs) Obviously, they had their ideas about what they wanted to do, and they must have told me that they wanted me to play the role again. But I was so nervous that some of it was just going straight over my head. I was just going, wow, this is great. It wasn't until I got back in the car after the meeting (laughs) that I went, is this actually going to happen? But as you saw, it happened all right. So it was always (laughs) fun, like how they get the jobs. Yeah. Um, and then here's Tamara on the different type of Bo- Boba being portrayed in Mando. Oh, that's weird. Even the guy that acted him came in and said, a different type of Boba. Who's wrong now? <laughs> oh, there he is. Ben Bardo. Ding dong. Pew pew. We've got, uh, we've got uh, really Matt Haywood friend royalty in here now. <laughs> yeah. M- Mr. Bardo is someone I've known since I was probably about four years old. This guy here. He doesn't mean shit really to the Star Wars Time Show audience, but uh, he's the man. A lot, of, a lot of stern drops I make, mentions. If you ever listened to Stern, have heard the Bardo game. That is the man right there, gracing the Star Wars Time Show live stream to get himself educated. 
Joe is probably fucking losing his mind right now. That's right. like, whoa, we have Stern Show people in here. Klondike Studios, check this shit out. That's how we roll. All right, so back to my point about how I'm always right about Boba Fett. Literally, Tamara himself said it's a different type of Boba being portrayed. Yes, when we find Boba, he's well-worn and he's been through a lot. He's a survivor and he's weathered. Now it was time to find out more about what makes Boba tick. Is he more than just a simple man trying to make his way through the galaxy? Is he tired of all the fighting? Is he tired of all the killing? I think that based off of what we've seen, like he is, he is seeking out companionship or some sort of something to call his family. Cause old Boba Fett, he sees Fennec Shan dead on the ground. He doesn't give a fuck. He's like, whatever. This is just another dead <laughs> yeah, person. So you, you, like he, he's just going around trying to either build friends or find new friends. Yeah. And he's like, because he lived so much of his life in solitude post Clone Wars. Right. I mean, we, we saw in the, th- in the TV series that, you know, he, he ran with Aura Singh and with Hondo and all, all these other, or Bosk and these other bounty hunters for a while. But then we also know that, like, you know, he, he forms his own Shadow Claw Syndicate and all, the, or not Shadow Claw, whatever it was called. It was called like something, Pike Claw or something like that. But like he's a loner and like he's finally realized now. <laughs> That he needs some sort of support structure around him, so much so that he takes basically a dead person and builds a robot out of him. <laughs> I love this take on him, Nick. That's it's very interesting. I'm wondering if you seeking will get yeah companionship. Well, it could be that, and it's almost like he's trying to make up for his wrongs. Yeah. It's like I said. I mean, this is a line he delivered himself, and and I I, I don't get it exactly right, but he he pretty much says that. You know, the Dune Sea and being left for dead can do a lot for the wretched. Yeah. Uh, mentioning himself and Fennec, two pretty horrible characters that were directly aligned with the Empire during the original trilogy. I mean, Fennec was one of their go-to assassins. Yeah. Uh, Boba Fett was one of their go-to bounty hunters. I mean, it was, it was Vader's uh, favorite guy to use to get down and dirty with the Rebellion or whatever weird shit Vader wanted him to do. Yeah. And, uh, and while... It did initially turn out to be that like he was just like, just give me my fucking armor and I won't screw you. As soon as he saw, a, you know, this guy in trouble, this Mandalorian, fellow Mandalorian, you could say, in a way, he's like, I can't just fuck him. I can't just leave him like I probably would when I was exactly. younger. He, he has had some growth that, that, that six, seven years milling around in in on the dune sea or who knows how long he was hanging out in the sarlacc pit's gut uh it had a profound effect on him yeah uh and i did i do think he did some thinking and and you know it, it obviously hardened him up like bossajan saying in, in the chat definitely made him tougher that that's clear i mean he went from being a a dipshit that could get literally killed by a jetpack misfire a to blind a guy, guy right by a blind guy to a dude who took on a platoon of troopers with a gaffy stick yeah. so i think he uh he did some soul searching there in the dune sea for for the uh for the betterment of the galaxy and obviously uh, uh for din uh, it became a plus for din in the end because now they have teamed up they're on Navarro, at least where we left them last, and hopefully they will be together until the end of days. I can see it now. Boba and Din will be getting married. 
Yeah. They're the new Star Wars couple. (laughs) They're going to kick Fennec's ass out of the Slave One. And they're going to raise Grogu as Bounty Hunter and Bounty Hunter. It's going to be a beautiful thing. It's it's very possible. Very possible. That's great. (laughs) Boba needed some friends. He couldn't be... You may not be that far off. Because he really (laughs) is. He really is a different character now. And I appreciate him so much more than his bozo ass from Empire We're going to get Jedi. into some talk here directly relating to Bossajan soon, talking about the nation of New Zealand. Right, so he's, uh, they kind of asked him about, you know, like the new Boba, what helped you channel him? How did you create this new uh, form of Boba Fett? Even though, according to all you assholes, he's always been this bad. <laughs> but for some reason, the guy that, that brought him to life, he, he needed to kind of figure out how to play the new type of Boba. But what, what do I know? Clearly nothing. I was doing that kind of background work. What's this guy going to look like? What's he going to sound like? And while they're applying makeup, I'm going, well, here he is. We did quite a number of makeup tests, and I worked closely with the makeup artist, Brian Sype. We're trying to get him on the show, by the way. When I saw some of the scars on my face, I thought, well, maybe he does talk a little bit gravelly. Maybe his vocal cords have been affected. Then you put the costume on and it gives you a sense of power. The costume makes you feel like Superman. When I put the armor on for the first time, it just felt right. I come from the Maori nation of New Zealand. The indigenous people were the down under Polynesians. And I wanted to bring that kind of spirit and energy, which we call the Waura. Sorry, Maori people. I fucked that up. I know it. I've been trained in my cultural dance, which we call the Haka. That's the hookah-ga-hookah-hoo. We've seen it like the Hawaii football team does it. It's, yeah. it's actually a fucking awesome spectacle. Yeah. Um, so I've also been trained in some of our weapons. So that's how I was able to manipulate some of the weapons in my fight scenes and work with the gaffy stick, which my character has. So as we said, kind of at the, at the start of the show, that probably was Tamira in, in a lot of those shots whacking yeah. the shit out of people because yeah. he is trained in that time type of combat based on his his uh, Maori uh, nation Heritage. upbringing. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's fucking awesome. And a lot of those images that you put in like in fight, like it, I love when they can do that, when they can use the actors to do the fight work like that because it allows you to get a lot more up close and personal. Like when those shots that you captured, you can see that's Tamira making these moves and doing these different things. And it makes it, it makes the combat feel more uh, personal. So I I was really into that. Hell yeah, it does. I I mean, a lightsaber is only as personal as it meeting another lightsaber or best or steel. Otherwise, it's slicing and dicing anything in its path. Yeah. When you when you have to use a blunt object to kill another person, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot more visceral, hardcore, and that's what we got with those gaffy stick bludgeonings. It was beautiful. It was it was fucking great. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, and then here is a kind of an interesting thing here. Uh, I don't know what it tells you. I don't know if it tells us that Tamir is just playing coy or what, but uh, they kind of asked him like, hey, dude, to, to bring Boba back to life, did, did they at least tell you how he got out of the pit and how he did survive that? And he said, uh, no, I don't. There's quite a bit of loose ends, and I'm not one of those guys that knows too much about the actual history. The fans of Star Wars, <laughs> they have better knowledge of what's happened. How can he still be alive? I thought he was stuck in this place. 
I can find out more on the internet. So <laughs> at least according to him, uh, Lucasfilm, John Dave, they gave him no backstory yet. Now that could all be a smokescreen because yeah. they are doing a prequel and we're going to find that out exactly. But he, he did put it out there in writing for now. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they probably gave him something. They may not have given him like, hey man, here's the full breakdown of, right. of, of Boba Fett prequel series he used his grappling hook and then he burnt the sarlacc's <laughs> yeah. tongue and then it just yeah. vomited him out and there we go yeah they're probably like look this mother like he got out don't worry he didn't there, die. there are a lot of questions like if he got out and we know he had his slave one what the fuck has he been doing just hanging out there <laughs> like yeah like what is it, nick may be right maybe he is just trying to like build up a group of friends and he has like a whole sand people community that he is a member of now it's very possible. You know, and like, also like he's dances with wolves. He's the Kevin Costner character that now lives with all the sand people. <laughs> and he's not right anymore. I mean, there's nobody knows anything about Boba Fett now in terms of real canon, like what exists. Right. In, we're in we're seeing canon. it like we are seeing Boba Fett canon be written in real time. And that's pretty excellent, even if he was a bozo in the past. Yeah. And then last but not least, again, this could just be smokescreen. They asked him, hey, man, what? We get more, we get more Boba, and he's like, hey, I'm just going to have to wait and see. I think a lot of it depends on how things go with this season. That could be a, I'm getting killed nod, but I don't really know. I wanted to bring everything I had to that episode and give them a glimmer of what I can offer. There's room for this to go someplace. I hope I'm going to be included. So I'm telling you, the, the best way to do this is to have a split timeline series for boba right where he just reminisces as the boba we just met in six but he kind of has a moment and and we have the flashback you're you're living in both timelines and you're playing a parallel like your your current time is kind of playing parallel maybe a little before mando and then your past timeline is playing in that area that was you know you could even go farther back. You can go farther back than ESBROTJ. You can go farther back to, you know, when he was putting around in, you know, right after the fall of the, the Grand Republic in that time period. What's going on there? If they did cast this young kid, you would assume that you're going back, back. Like you're going to go a little farther back yeah. than ROTJ. Because still, this Tamira that, I mean, this Boba that we're seeing now is only seven years after ROTJ. It's not like he would have been a fucking teenager again. Like, you you, you could still have Tamira play ROTJ Boba. Oh, like easy. Like, he would have to easy. slim down. Easy. But, you know, if 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 this kid that we talked about I, last I mean, week is so, playing Boba, So do you think he's, he's playing games because of NDAs? Or do you think he doesn't really know anything yet? I don't think that that he knows because I I really do think that he is the, the the information that he was given was limited to his role in Mando because who knows maybe they won't use him and if they make a a Boba Fett prequel series like you really don't need him if you play it where you're just playing in the old timeline like you don't you don't need a an older Boba Fett um unless he plays Django which I don't think he's going like, to there's no reason to play Django like you know, you would have to, to for for Django to be involved in a Boba Fett series, it would have to be purely based off of flashbacks. But we saw most of the interactions that Boba had with his father in the movies. I, at this point, I, I don't give a shit about Django Fett. I mean, let, let's Boba is the Fett we care about. 
He's in the man, though. He has the potential to go forward. Uh, where Django, we'd all be stuck in the past at this point. Uh, so I'd like to focus to be on Boba. It's just, it, it's interesting. Yeah. It's like, I want to bring my everything to that episode. So is he saying Boba is not going to be in episode seven, which There's I find, no fucking way I find to be insane in considering he, he's driving the damn ship. Yeah, no, he's definitely in seven. I just think that like he... He may just be playing it super close. It's just he's like, look, I'm a I'm a nobody. Yeah, like, he nobody. has to be. While also, it also looks like he's kind of making his pitch, like, hey, I'm here for you. I I can yeah. get on the Nordic track. I can do some stair stepping, boys and girls. Yeah. Don't worry. And I mean, if that's the kind of stuff that he can do in terms of his combat presence, like with no stunt man, that is fucking impressive. Yeah, it's pretty like, slick. You know, the shit that he can do, like, I would be totally fine. If he was included in a larger role, oh, look at this. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting uh, age dis- age discrimination here from yeah. the live stream. Dances uh, with wolves. Yeah, call apparently out. Yeah. thrown out dances with wolves, which I even think I was too young to really watch and understand and appreciate what it was about. But I do think the example worked for what I was saying. We also have, I mean, outside of Mr. Ben Bardo joining in here, who is a Waterworld guy versus Dances with Wolves. I like that one, Ben. Well, I, I mean, Waterworld is something. It's And, and I don't Kevin, know if Kevin Bardo's Costner. like bringing this up because he knows my dad too. And Waterworld, like as bad as it is, is one of my dad's favorite movies. I mean, he yeah. went out to like when KB Toys stores still existed yeah, yeah. and bought every fucking Waterworld toy they had. I mean, it was one of the biggest <laughs> flops of all time, right? Yeah. But it does have that kind of shitty movie charm, so... Yeah, uh, good one there, Bardo. Waterworld, tying it to Costner and Dancing with Wolves. See, this guy knows how to listen to radio. Uh, but we got someone new here, I, I believe. Aziel Sampson. Hello. We Welcome always we always stream. like to speak names as as new people show up, so we speak your name. Uh, go take your exam. You should good not luck. do not waste your time and brain cells on our two dumb asses. <laughs> yeah. All right, so there you go for uh, Tamir Morrison on Boba Fett. I-, I liked it. It was great to see him back again. Yes, he was a bozo before. I will always believe in that stance, but he has fully redeemed himself in my eyes thanks to uh, TM's portrayal in The Mandalorian. Yeah. All right, my friends, you probably thought we would never get here. I don't even know how many hours we've been doing this now, like 10? Three plus. Okay. So this is a long yeah, one. Yeah, so at least eight hours. Uh, but we're here. We've made it to the fan segment. Yay! Even we, though yeah, our fans I guess we, don't we have really something fan up on us. Robert Rodriguez on the on the site. You guys can go read that. Yeah, separately. I'm just I'm skipping it over. <laughs> I just put it up today. Rodriguez did an interview, and and really the the most interesting aspect of the interview was that John handed him a 19 page script, which in Hollywood each page equals about a minute. A minute, yeah. And Robert's like, um, dude, you know I'm I'm. I'm a fast cutter. This will probably be about a 15 minute episode. And John's like, well, that's why we brought you in because you need to fill in those other minutes with action. And I, I think that's kind of what we were saying when we knew uh, Robert was doing this episode. We were like, Hey, if anything, it's probably going to be bang, bang, shooty, shooty. And and that's what we got. We also learned from Robert that he was a, like a last minute fill in. Oh, wow. Uh, apparently someone else was on it, but got called away for some other thing. And John hit up his buddy to come in and do the save. So, hey, that's a pretty fucking good fill in. <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, he, he basically just said, listen, 
is a 12 year old me's dream to be able to play with Boba Fett as a main character. And I made it my goal to make him as badass as possible. And clearly he he paid off. He fucking did. He really did it. So, all right. So on to the fan segment there. Sorry, Nick, I'm trying to move things along. I didn't even pop up that article, but thanks for reminding me. And before we get into the top five, you know, it's time to switch gears here. Pull up the Slack, drop the browser. It's question of the week, late edition. Yeah, uh, Nick, and I don't, I don't blame Nick. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of uh, lay into you all a bit. But Nick's like, you know what? I forgot about the question because it's, it's the same one every week while we're doing Mando, and the same people reply. No one else fucking comments. It kind of goes nowhere. And I was like, you're right. Our fans, even though they tell us they love us, they truly do hate us and do not want us to uh, talk about or read anyone other's comments but Basta Jans every week. So I will say that I don't know if it was the timing of when the post went up or what. This got more comments than other ones do, and it got posted later than everything else. Well, so, well there you go. Maybe it was no the time. Clue. Maybe it was the time of day it went out because on Instagram, the algorithm gods over there, you've got to release it at the right time, depending on what part of the world you are in. Yeah, I, I'm so. not. I'm not fucking around either. Like that, that it really does come into play. Oh yeah, this uh, one had uh, thirty plus comments. Thirty comments, and usually we get right around the twenty-two, twenty-three. All comments, right. Well, so. then, then I, I don't fully take back me chastising the fans, yeah, but it's, just it's still your fault. Just know, fans. yeah, you guys are not uh, upholding your end of the bargain here. We have not seen an uptick in followers and listeners, live streamers, all this stuff. So shame on you. Shame on you. At the end of this episode, break out your cattails, and I want you to beat that back until it's raw. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so question of the week. We got some long ones here. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take old architects because it was directly addressed to me, just like Boston Jams. <laughs> Probably and, most of these motherfuckers And, and all are. this bullshit. Like, here we go. Now you might be getting me fired up like I was at the onset of this show. And by the way, if you miss the opening to this show, you might want to tune in because it was. <laughs> I was I was literally shot out of a turbo laser with some hate. Yeah. So let's do it. All right. So this one is from OAC. It's it's going to be the big, oh, I was so smart for reading all the stuff that means nothing about Boba. And you're so dumb for thinking Boba was a bozo because of how he was portrayed in the movies, which obviously happened before all the legend stuff. And you would never had the legend stuff and work for the movies. But anyways, I digress. (sighs) So this week, I cannot miss out on this question. This week's Mandalorian episode and what was my favorite parts. All of it. The entire episode was the best thing since sliced bread. Them going straight to Tython without any extra stops. That moment the slave one showed up. By the way, I jumped up, stoked out of my mind, acting like a crazy person and sitting with my legs crossed on my couch, completely focused, oh, the screen. The moment when Boba stepped out of the slave one, wanting his armor. The moment when Boba came out looking absolutely awesome. Who cares if he ate too many Jawas? The force of each swing Boba took. He absolutely crushed those troopers. No, not enough. The way he demolished those troopers. Those hits were so hard, I felt the effects of it. That was absolutely insane. They brought Boba back and shoved it in all those motherfuckers' faces that doubted Boba. Like me. You pussies. 
You tough guys. You Boba Fett revisionists. Do, do I really need to get back into this shit? Look at, th look at this. Now you people know why I was shot out of a turbo laser. Look at the shit I was getting all weekend long. Motherfuckers faces that doubted Boba. How could you not doubt that clumsy piece of shit? How could you not? He got owned by Vader in Empire Strikes Back. Vader treats him like a little bitch. Vader's like, I don't give a fuck. I'll pay you if Han dies or not. No one cares about you, Boba Fett, because you're a nobody. By the way, Boba Fett, I've seen it through the Force. You're going to die by a blind man hitting your jetpack in a few days. <laughs> so stop this shit doubting Boba Fett. How could you not doubt Boba Fett based on what we were shown in canon? God damn it. All right. <laughs> I will continue on. Ben, you're right. He does need to watch his blood oh, pressure. Oh, no. Ben, trust me. Ben knows I, I'm as nuts as they come. <laughs> All those motherfuckers that have talked shit on Boba for so many years. He is a motherfucking Mandalorian, and I have said it for years, and they finally made it happen. Hey, look. You just corrected yourself in your own fucking answer. And they finally made it happen. How could you know about all these years and then they finally made it happen? That makes no sense! Stop it! Filoni is a god. There's the first smart thing we got here. First smart comment we've got. Filoni is a god. Filoni is Star Wars. Thank you. The Mandalorian has brought this franchise back from a slow, painful death. And a That's bullshit, too. Like, give me a fucking break. Without Disney, guess what? Star Wars is dead, all you fuckers. This is more, re more revisionist shit. Like, oh, now Disney gives me something that I like, so now it's okay. Come on! Dude, nobody now was talking shit on Disney when TFA was out, when Rogue One was out. It was all... Right. It was, well, like, what they, what nobody... are you saying? What does this line mean then, Nick? The Mandalorian has brought this franchise back from a slow, painful death. I just don't understand that. Like... The only two things that people have a problem with Disney over are two are TLJ and in uh, and Tross. But then they loved Clone Wars season seven. They love people like Rebels. They loved Rogue One. People love TFA. People like like I just don't understand. It, Disney I has just, hit more than they've missed. Like and if you can't, I mean, like the, for people like Pop Up, Disney missed on everything. But like. For most people, Disney's hit more than they miss. So, I mean, I know that looking at recent history makes you feel better about that statement. But, like, come on. Let's be real here. Yeah, what, what are we talking about? I'm the uninformed one. Have you ever heard me talk about Star Wars being dead? Have I ever sold out my fandom because I was unhappy with a decision? Get the fuck out of here. Coming at me with this bullshit. The Mandalorian brought the franchise back from a slow death. How dare you say Star Wars was ever dying? You guys are crackheads. It's when it's convenient. When it's convenient, then we can like Disney Star Wars, right? That's how it works. <laughs> I'm, not a th I'm not allowed to think Boba Fett's a bozo when the fucking maker made him one. But you guys are allowed to hate Disney until they do something you think's okay. Do we not see the hypocrisy yet? Jesus, Star Wars fans. The worst and then we attract the worst of the worst. The Star Wars Time Show has some of the worst fans. Our fans hate us more than they, they hate Star Wars. 
All because of Boba Bozo. I'm going to get that tattooed on my face. So every time you guys watch this stupid live stream, you're going to have to see Boba Bozo and know that I still believe in it. All right, anyways, back to the segment. From a slow, painful death in a Sarlacc stomach to being the two Star Wars I have ever seen. I'm assuming he meant top, but I read it as they are typed. And with all they have done, they have created so many branches that could be other amazing Star Wars TV shows and or movies. Boba. Boba. They owned it. I believe OAC is now masturbating to Boba Fett as he's typing this. They crushed it like a trooper's helmet crushes behind a gaffy stick. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the galaxy. Whoop! Hot damn! That was some motherfucking Star Wars right there. They are not fucking around this season. There's probably a million and a half misspelling in areas with poor grammar, but for this one, it doesn't even fucking matter. That episode was the bee's knees. All right. It was a good episode. It was a good episode. Was it, was it the best? No. <laughs> Was it my favorite of this season? No. My favorite's still the Bo-Katan episode. I don't care what anybody says. That was my favorite. But you know what? OAC, you've been chastised by Matt. <laughs> that was his job during this session, is to let you guys know when you are incorrect. And, and he has, he has not to... commented back since I started laying into him. So <laughs> that is one fan That's lost. probably the first fan we just flamed through. Yeah. I, I'm ready. I got, I got it uh, primed. So go ahead, Nick. I'll let you take the next one. First fan loss. Next one up is Lottie1987, a Discord user. For some reason, I found the exchange between Mando and Boba after the Razor Crest gets destroyed to be quite touching. Yes, there we go. There we go. See, some positive things here. Boba proving that the armor belonged to his father and that it was passed down to him and hearing that Jango was a foundling and fought in the Mando Civil War was great. Then hearing Mando approve, even though I don't think he needed it, and allowed Boba to keep the armor was warming. Uh, the whole exchange really made me appreciate Boba more as a character and gave him some emotional depth. Beautiful. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that, it does. That, that's like a it's... great statement, Lottie. Even though you were, well, you were someone in the Discord basically saying, hey, I wonder what Matt thinks about his Boba Boza now, like eight hours after the video dropped. Yeah. Come on. Um, you guys should know I'm people... a sensitive flower at this point. Like... How could you not know if, if, if my dumb ass put something in there, my thoughts down the episode, and then people are questioning the thoughts they want to hear from me, yet they don't watch the episode. What, what do you think I'm going to do? Yeah. yeah. That's why yeah. I, I replied with the at everyone cocksuckers in Discord. <laughs> that was it. That, that uh. explained Matt's thoughts in one word. <laughs> um all right trust me i'm I'm unhinged i i i'm not fucking around i am a star wars narcissist no one is better at talking star wars than me get used to it (laughs) it's my way or the highway on the star wars time show it's very true uh next up we have a short response from one six shooter he says grogu's ohm pose I, I looked at it, I was like, um, when he first got up there, I was like looking for his little hands too. I was like, does he have like the little... Oh, you know what? Something yeah. interesting to pop okay. up on this that kind of ties back to a Chosen One comic book moment. Yeah. That little blue butterfly was a force projection. Okay. Because you notice it disappeared right away and those yeah. blue butterflies have showed up in the comics when Anakin is meditating with the force. Yeah. Uh, they, they're Somebody supposed to represent, the- they're supposed to represent like the light side of the force. Somebody mentioned blue butterflies in reference to Ben Solo as well. 
I don't remember seeing blue butterflies in the movie, but um, maybe that, you know, they can do something with Ben Solo there. Um, next up, Stormtrooper Pete. I am a sucker for the new Mortar Trooper. <laughs> so here's the new Mortar Trooper. Stormtrooper Pete. Need to make one for myself now. Uh, but I love the whole thing. Start to finish. Boba kicking ass. Slave one flying overhead and the Dark Troopers. All of it. Yes. Beautiful. All of it was good. Um, scale Galaxy, who will be making it. Oh, appearance. Scale Galaxy. He's getting all Soon. sorts of nods in this episode. He, he's in here. I know he was in here from like uh, pretty much the start to very poor, recently. Yeah, poor, I don't know. Poor, poor, still- poor guy. He picked the wrong episode to join in. He's probably like, what idiots would listen to this guy just yelling at them nonstop? Yeah, I know. It's like, what is this? Is this like penance that these people are these people forced <laughs> to listen? I'm usually not this unhinged. I just I was taking it on the mouth all weekend long about this Boba Fett <laughs> shit. I had some pent up rage to get out. You did. You did. Maybe you I should have jerked off a few more times before this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so Scale Galaxy says this. He says, as much as I loved seeing Boba back in action, we had already seen the armor with Cobb Vanth, so I must say that it was a slave one for me. I really thought the Imperial Cruiser was going to fire on it, and that would have just been too much. That would have been fucking terrible if, like, you see slave one coming in to land, and it just, <laughs> just gets, gets blown up right away. Like, <laughs> well... And all all that, of those Boba Fett lovers, really. Yeah, that, that, Nick, that would have been the cherry <laughs> on top for my Boba Bozo argument. I mean, that, that would have been Bozo Fett to a T. Yeah, like, just, he's coming back to make his, his big resurgence, and they just fucking <laughs> blow him out of the sky like a nobody. Boom. Oh, man, that would have been awesome. It's like, well, okay <laughs> then. We know how John and Dave feel about Boba Fett. Oh, that would have oh, been great. Man. Um, all right, next up, we have uh, SW Black Series Clips. He says, Fett throwing on the armor. I was yelling at the TV. I feel like that was like a yell at the TV moment for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I saw that. In I the, even, in the I chat even reacted well. to that way. Like, I, I love all. I mean, that, that shit is amazing. As much as I did not appreciate the character in his old form, new form Fett is fantastic. Yeah. And I like I don't know Arc Lieutenant Jesse in the chat. He says ironic, and then he says Palpatine. Uh, I guess it was the the Palpatine line. Yeah, I mean, never mind. I thought he was going. I thought he was like attacking people liking the Palpatine return. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes the the live chat gets me all over the place. Confused. I got, yeah, I got Bardo telling me I'm an asshole for yelling at fans. <laughs> I got people telling me I'm going to have a heart attack or a stroke, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, that's all very true. Yeah. But I will say that if you were at Celebration and we were, you were in the theater and you sent me the video from the theater, when Palpatine when Palpatine spoke in that trailer, you would have thought that like they just announced that everybody was get, like getting free oh, yeah. tickets to 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 Tross. I, I still they, I think I have the um I did a a video like a, a live reaction. You of, sent it to me. Right. And in the whole arena, including myself, it's like exploded. <laughs> exploded dude i'd never heard somebody like a like an arena full cheer like that at a celebration it was insane it was insanity and like it was i'm gonna take this next one from passage yes you take Passage. so passage alderaan good photographer mostly one six scale seeing boba fett in action as a relentless killing machine it finally gives him some much needed credibility (laughs) huh that's weird other people think the way i do 
and kind of reminds me of what they did at the end of Rogue One with Vader in the hallway scene and demonstrating exactly what formidable opponents they really are and why their reputations are completely justified. Thank you. We have a sane Boba (laughs) Fett fan. Finally. There we go. Passes to Alderaan on Matt's side. Fight them. That is the best way to approach Boba Fett. Just like that. Yeah. Same way with Vader. He can admit that one of his favorite characters wasn't quite as tough as the world was making him out to be on screen. Yeah. And he can see how these these newer projects can be used to honor these old characters, if not expand upon their legend. Indeed. All right. Next up, Wyatt Harden says, Nomad Boba sweeping in and bitch slapping that stormtrooper (laughs) and causing mayhem as he came to Din and Fennec's rescue. Honorable mention is when Boba discovered the Empire's back, just like he saw a ghost. Um, Yeah. That was a good one as well. And then this is the moment where you get to uh, chastise Boss. Oh, my God. Well, this guy is just an asswipe. I mean, he he does this every week with these things, but but this one goes right at me. Yeah. So let's 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 spoon some shit for the old man to eat. Right. (laughs) Old man Bostigan. Okay. Like. Like, people wonder why I got to get fired up. Here is the first line. I hate you guys. Okay. (laughs) That's a great way to start a letter to a podcast you supposedly like. Well, it was even better than the previous episode. Fuck you, Matt. All right. And I get accused of being the unhinged one. I get accused of being the crazy guy. I get accused of almost giving myself an aneurysm on a little shitty podcast that no one listens to. Yet this is what I am presented with. I hate you guys. Fuck you. All right. There you go. Anyone else starting to feel the hate? Right? Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And you all will suffer. Fuck you, Ling, and hard for hating Boba. Okay, that was kind of a moronic statement because he can't spell so who even knows what that means he's a beast he's a wrecking ball and we finally get to see it look at all of you contradict your own fucking opinions it really does look bad when you say he's always been like this and we finally get to see it i mean like you gotta you gotta say that it's you kind of you kind of kicked yourself in the dick there. It's comical at this point. This is twice now where you guys come at me hard in the question of the week, and you fucking shit on your own argument. You don't hear this guy with two thumbs pointing at himself, fucking up my own argument. At least I can get my point across without torpedoing it before we even get into the thick of it. Right there. <laughs> He just kills his own argument. We finally get to see it. If you're going to come at me with written words, make sure they make sense for your argument, people. (laughs) Bossagen. Darth Hideous. Star Wars Toy 73. Let's do this again. Fuck you, Matt. Fuck you, Ling, and hard for hating Boba. He's a beast. He's a wrecking ball. And we finally get to see it. (laughs) Doesn't finally imply that we've never seen him be a beast or a wrecking ball or this cool, uh, amazing bounty hunter that you guys keep telling me I'm stupid because I don't know it exists. What are we talking about? 
I'll finish it. Why not? I'll finish it. Admit your indiscretions. About what? Admit what? What am I wrong about? I want someone to break down the footage of Boba Fett in Empire Strikes Back in the Return of the Jedi and do a fucking thesis for me on how that character is this amazing badass that could beat up anyone in the Star Wars galaxy without breaking a sweat. And then maybe I'll admit my indiscretion, whatever the fuck that is. Where am I wrong? Where am I wrong? (laughs) All right. I love that Robert Rodriguez directed this because it added a slightly ridiculous quality to the action, but also gave us some of the most brutal fighting we've seen in Star Wars. Grogu meditating was fucking perfect. And then him unleashing the force onto the two troopers left to guard him was fucking hilarious until Gideon got all in his face gloating with the Darksaber. Shit's gonna go sideways with that guy. I can feel it in my balls. Tem was perfect channeling all his spirit from Once Were Warriors. I now have two cosplay characters I can do. Fat Thor and Dad Bod Fed. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, Bossa Jen. There you go. Way to save yourself. This show just keeps on giving likes stranger kids kids candy. Oh, my. Okay. I'll let that sentence speak for itself. My only criticism was how short this episode felt, but that meant it was good. Fuck you, Matt. Eat a dick. <laughs> Fuck you, Basta Jan. Blow a kangaroo and take <laughs> its, its Bobby or whatever its baby and then shove that up your ass. Joey. Yeah, take the Joey. That you just blew. You're blowing the Joey's dad and then you're going to take the Joey and stick it up your ass. <laughs> You son of a bitch. The fuck out of here. (laughs) That will bring us to the end of the fan segment. (laughs) That will bring us to the end of the Star Wars time show. Because at this point, anyone that was new is probably uh, overly offended by the language. Again, I'm just reading other people's (laughs) statements and adding my own color commentary to it. And B, this has just been a long meandering show of me essentially yelling at everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So... That's the end of the fan question of the week. This will bring us into the top five fan artist features of the week where hopefully Matt will not yell at anybody for their work. I I know I'm worked up because I'm starting to get like white stuff building up in my the corner of my mouth. Yeah, he's like foaming. He's got like rabies. Which means I'm not like properly swallowing and this and the other thing. Oh, it's all fun though, right people? We're still having a good time. Still having a good time. 17 people are watching you berate them into the ground. This- I, didn't, I didn't berate everyone, but if you're going to come yeah. at me with opening, like, I hate you guys, and then a couple FUs, of course. <laughs> of course you're going to get a little sauce. Yeah. But look, now I'm playing with my cat. Look, Nick and I both throughout the, the cast have to deal with our cats yeah. wanting to eat the microphones. Yes. Which one is that? Is that, that uh, that's, the girl? Uh, we call her little Leia, but she's kind of a pig. But, yeah, that's Leia. Leia. I actually, I, I've started cat. calling her Lager. Uh, oh. as like an, an east coast or new york type of thing yeah uh it, this won't make sense for anyone but klondike and probably bardo but it, it reminds me of this guy ronnie the limo driver and how he talks so uh, i call her <laughs> layer the cat but yeah she has a weight problems and we don't like to talk about it 
Everybody's expecting another pee break for you. It's, well, they it's missed like the it. Third time they missed it. Pee break for Matt. And yeah, they miss it because our fans aren't diehard and they don't listen for the the, the entire time. I've already yeah. taken the pee break, my friends. Yeah, pee break's done. So, uh, top five fan art <laughs> features of the week. This week we're gonna kick it off with Matt's old apprentice. Isn't this at, just? This is hilarious. The story of Jason B. Michael. Yes, at Jason B. Michael here with a fucking killer yeah. shot based off of what we saw in Solo. This is the Mimban Solo uh, oh, figure, yeah. I believe, we're seeing here. Or like some sort of kit bash that he's got going on with it. And now he, he has a, he has a, a like custom a really cape on there. Scene. Yeah, he's, he's got a few custom capes. That's about it. Otherwise, these are your your standard Hasbro Black Series figures. And and Nick is right. It is It is an odd story to tell about Jason. Because uh, if you look at his work these days compared to what my low talent ass is putting out, it's not even close. But at one point in time, Jason B. Michael did reach out to me and ask me some uh, tips and pointers on how to get into toy photography. And clearly, I am like Obi-Wan Kenobi yes. and have passed on my greatness to him. And he has now exceeded my own abilities by a factor of a thousand uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the work Jason B. Michael puts out now is it's same level as, as plastic action, work more or less, black series. You can see that Jason even pays homage to you in his Instagram profile picture. Because it's just, it's almost like a carbon copy of yours where it's just black ba- background, Jason B. Michael. Yours is just black background, Haywood Pop. Right. I just, I am, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm touched that I can even tell that story now based on how good Jason B. Michael has got. It almost makes me look like I, I had some sort of skill in this hobby. Uh, hey, we got a new one here. Rick Emmer. It looks like maybe Klondike brought him to the show. So we'll give him yep. a 69, 68, 70. Um, yeah, uh, Jason B. Michael. It just, I mean, look at the, the staging of the shot. Obviously, I think he's using yeah. a... That's a custom wired cape there. I believe he gets his capes from a guy called Scotticus Customs. Okay. That fire in the back, Nick, that's the old cotton ball. Here, I'll go I'll go pull up Jason's account. So that's like he a, lit like a real cotton ball. No, they fire? they like just you light it with light and you just you kind of burn up the cotton ball a little bit. Oh. Let me uh he always does really good behind the scenes shit. Uh, yeah, if you can, I'm playing okay, it right now. Okay, I see it. I so see that's, it. that's yeah. like cotton that he's, you know, either spray painted or, or colored or even burnt. Oh, and then shit. there's probably like a loom cube under there to make it look like it's fire burning. Yeah. Um, so it, it's pretty, pretty badass. Yeah, no, that's pretty fucking but Yeah, his, cool. his, wow. his setups are, are insane these yeah, days. Yeah, you could see like all the, like the, the, the water effects are all practical and then, you know, he's got the, the atmosphere aerosol coming in. I mean, the shot itself, like you mentioned, Matt, stage perfectly. The action that you can see in the scene is really evident. And just using, like, I really just like the way that the Mimban troopers look. So it was a yeah easily a just, easily one of the best trooper builds out there. I mean, I know they weren't 100% stormtroopers, but obviously with the helmets and the goggles, they were going for that look. Um, a long time, first time from Rick. You gotta love it. <laughs> hey, Leia, get off the... Ugh. Oh, no. All right, anyways. She, that's what Ellie does. She jumps well, up. She wants to rub her face on everything. Yep, yeah, now she's on the toy table playing with all the my misfit toys have just been unboxed and laying there for who knows what reason. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Stay over there, please. 
All right. So at Jason B. Michael on IG, well worth a follow. Matt's apprentice turned master, apparently. <laughs> Uh, he's he's definitely the uh, Darcidious in this relationship, and he <laughs> he slayed me uh, many many months ago. Yeah, exactly. You you are the dead Plagueis to, to yeah, Sidious. It's, now. it's not even close. Um, all right. Next up, we have our good buddy at Tong Wars here, and this is just like quintessential Tong Wars. What we see in this shot here, he is a just a oh, yeah. next level Lego photographer. And he's got, I don't know where he lives, but he's got this like beach or this area where he can go to where he always gets like the perfect golden hour shots. And he's always got these incredible like, like wet beach sand with like these mountains in the background. Like this shot here that we see of all these ATATs and ATSTs coming up the beach. And then you get the Imperial Lander flanked by ties coming in the sky. This is like, the the precursor to an imperial invasion force heading into wherever scarif could be since that's a beach planet it's just so fucking incredible that tong is able to yeah. get shit of this quality and, and remember these things are legos this is fucking legos right. this is not like four hundred dollar five hundred dollar one six scale figures these are legos and, and the, like the pers- the per- perspective tricks he's got going on to make the ad ads just look absolutely massive is brilliant like you said the come on leia get the god she's like right in the camera right now <laughs> there you go people love cats though she's she wants to be by dad I, it's great no this is you know how cats are like i know yeah. what she's doing she does she likes to eventually nest right behind me so i have to basically put my ass on the edge <laughs> of the seat so it goes numb <laughs> but she you know you're right she wants to lay there and kind of get the heat generated from my bum yeah but she can't just do it she's got to be a cat and walk up here a few times make a pass on this side and yeah. then eventually come down and sit yes uh kung fu wants to know where all the good rose tico <laughs> photography is. he is mr tico in another life so watch out don't talk shit on rose because that is his home girl that's true he is he is one of the biggest rose tico fans on discord that's very true but yeah back to tong wars it's just he gets the perspective there you get the the landscape shot you get that natural reflection i mean it's almost like he lives on a star wars planet right yeah, it kind of looks like it. Because uh, the skies are never a traditional color. I don't know if he amps that up or if that's just, you know, nature sunlight where, you know, sometimes you'll get a pink sky, an orange sky. Here we're getting kind of a, some purple tones in there. Yeah. Uh, but like Nick said, I, I believe one of the first shots we ever featured of the Great Tong Wars uh, was a, a, a landscape shot like this with his excellent Lego photography skills. Yeah, it's just beautiful work. At Tong Wars on instagram well worth a follow and i mean everything he puts out is just next level in terms of lego photography incredible stuff um next up is a is a really fun cool shot by (laughs) at nerd underscore flanders underscore and what we see is a is a potential future for little grogu here because you can see him wearing the the rebellion blast shield helmet <laughs> yeah, with Luke's. his purple lightsaber. Yep. And you can see old man Luke there in the back teaching the other younglings with the, with the, uh, yeah. the remote. And then you also get a nice little BD one droid here in the, in the front left of it, the image. And it I looks just, like Grogu went for a purple blade. He's a big fan of Mace Windu. Yep. 
He's a, you know, you've read about Mace Windu. You can remember Mace Windu from back when he was in the old Jedi Academy with the Grand Republic. And then he's like, you know what? I like that fucking purple blade. I think I'm going to whip it out myself. And uh, I mean, Grogu, also... Grogu would still be quite, quite tiny if, if Luke did take him on a couple years down the road. So. Yeah, I mean, he's still less than 200 years old. I mean, he's still basically a baby. And he's, he's, he's fucking... fitty. He's fitty. And clearly at 50, this species has a, has trouble communicating with other species unless yeah. they can do it through the sport, uh, the force. So, yeah. <clears throat> it's just a fun shot. I mean, you gotta love Grogu <laughs> in that helmet. I mean, yeah. the helmet is as big as he is. Exactly. It's just so it's perfect. I, I just love the setup. I love the the concepting behind it by Nerd Flanders. And then, I mean, like it, it even looks like we got a fucking Mon Cal Jedi there, and like the way back right. Oh yeah, uh, doing some some force lifting. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was a, a really fun, cool uh, concept here. At nerd underscore Flanders underscore on IG. A, a bonus underscore. Bonus underscore at the very end. For oh you. my God, this thing. This shot here, I don't know <laughs> if if visual approach after the name change from Captain Ordo to visual approach photography yeah. just like hit a next level, but every, I mean, Captain Ordo was good, but this visual approach guy is right. like, fucking insane it's, it's, it's almost like captain ordo was his anakin form yeah and then he killed that that version of himself and became the dark lord of toy photography yeah uh, because you, you're right i mean obviously it's just practice and he, he spends time at this but if you look at this shot and if you're just listening we'll kind of break it down but din he's in like a cantina he's got one trooper already strung up hanging from the ceiling Yep. Oh, by the way, the child is in the back wearing Boba Fett's helmet with Boba Fett's pack on, floating, like yeah, hovering. Yeah, just like jetpacking right above another dead trooper. But the main focus is Din doing a running, almost a no-look running shot with his pulse rifle, disintegrating a scout trooper. But Dude. the way the scout trooper is captured, he just disintegrated his torso. So yeah. you, you're literally in the shot seeing the helmet drop and the boots with like particles coming out from the body being vaporized. Yeah, it's it's just it's, it's so brilliant. fucking like everything about this shot, everything about it. Like there's nothing that's off about this shot. It is almost like the perfect toy shot that we see right here. The lighting is perfect. The natural light coming in through the doorway with the stairs. The positioning of all the figures is perfect. The capturing of the action is perfect. The way, like you said, the motion that you can feel with the helmet and the gun oh, yeah. falling. It's like, it's like the like, head popping off, like pop shot. The old yeah. head shot. Like, I saw this, I think the day, this was posted like the day that, either the day of or the day after I posted the last top five. And I saw it and I was like, well, that's that's making the top five oh, for next yeah, week. For yeah, sure. You had to earmark that one. It is yeah. it is a gem. There's no doubt about it. Uh at visual underscore approach underscore photography. There's sometimes I wish these like badass Star Wars artists would just have a, a one word short handle. Yeah. Right? It, like his should just be at Star Wars Pimp. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There Something you go. like that. Uh, pimp Star Wars shots. When, maybe you can push Greg in that direction for his new handle. <laughs> I think Greg left a long time ago. I probably Greg. yelled too much about Boba Fett. Yeah. 
He's gone. All right, they so that that's listen. at Visual Approach Photography. Trust me, you you uh, can do no wrong following his account. Yeah, beautiful work. Um, the last member of the top five before we get into Matt's top one this week is at uh, Miss Geeky Gem on Instagram. She is a longtime follower of the Star Wars Time Show, a longtime commenter on our uh, IG as well. And what we have here, I like to call this the 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 too cool Ahsoka shot because everybody knows in movies that the cool people never look back at the explosions that they cause. There you go. So what we see is a, is a rebels Ahsoka here with her two sabers lit and extended behind her, holding them like she always does kind of that reverse grip walking away from a massive explosion, not looking back at it. And I just love it because the, the face on this character is the face that you always see when somebody walks away oh, from yeah. an explosion in a movie. It's just like no emotion. Very like, stoic. Just boom. Very stoic. Stoic. Like just I got, I got this. Nothing phases me. Yeah. So I can just like see this scene playing out in my head. Like uh, Ahsoka's like fighting in an Imperial camp, just fucking cuts up a bunch of people, like slashes some sort of uh, like, uh, you know, generator or reactor with her lightsaber walks out and then boom the explosion happens in the background and this is this is her walking yeah, away nice. from it uh, miss geeky has, has found a great shooting location i don't know if it's like on her her property or close but she's got a great spot that i assume at two times a day you get this great splash of natural sunlight yeah and that's what allows you to get that you know the nice uh, atmosphere effect in there that really highlights it that you gotta have that backlight to make any type of fog aerosol smoke bombs whatever pop and then like you said you're getting some really great bokeh from either an explosion or hell just the sun itself honestly yeah uh miss geeky's had some really lovely looking shots and it looks like they come from a a certain area that she's been going to lately. Yeah. And I used to have some of those, but you know, neighbors throwing up a, a tree or a bush can really kill a fucking sunstream that would hit your property. So I, I need to find a few more. Yeah. So, um, and her most recent shot that she just put up is fucking real. That might be one of the best shots on her, on her page. I mean, that one is really fucking top notch with Mando Din kind of blowing away a stormtrooper from close range and then Grogu doing the good old force toss on another one. Um, she does do prints as well. So if you like any of her work, you can DM her for prints on her IG. Um, at Miss M-I-S-S-G-E-E-K-Y-G-E-M on Instagram. Well worth a follow. And you can see like her her skills growing as you scroll up her page. Oh, yeah. It's really awesome to see stuff. The, like that. A, another toy photographer that actually has gotten better at the hobby as years have gone on, unlike myself. Yes, indeed. Uh, oh, hey, Jesse shows here. up for the last one minute. Of goat, the show. goat boy number one. Everything. Yes. All right. Greg's still here. Greg's still here, Matt. <laughs> uh, we love Twinkle Tits. <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go uh, this is a top yeah. one week my turn the top one so matt tell us what we got <laughs> and who it came from okay well it is none other than at scale galaxy this poor person has had to sit through this the longest cast of our careers the entire time to get to his due for this amazing creation we are looking at right now this, my friends, is Star Wars fan art gold. 
We are looking at an exact scene recreation from the Mandalorian S2E6, The Tragedy, Chapter 14. In particular, it's one we talked about today. It is an exact replica of the chain code scene. So we are seeing Boba Fett in action figure form with the chain code coming out. You got Din there with the spear. Everything's lined up perfectly. It is a 100% recreation perfection. The craziest aspect, Nick. That's not even an existing figure. I was going to say, this has to be some sort of custom. This is a full-on custom who knows where Scale Galaxy pulled the parts from? I mean, look at the that head sculpt. Perfect. Look at the Tamara like, head sculpt. I know yeah. there are some clone heads in the new Stormtroopers that people pulled out and painted. I don't think that's this. Uh, this this looks like a, an old boy cuts head or a figure works co type of sculpt. Either way, 100% perfect Boba Fett Tamara Morrison head. Then you got the scarf is perfected. You got the under the black undergarments are perfected. The weathering on Boba's armor is perfected. The chain code VFX perfected. This is one of the most perfect scene recreations with almost no time to turn it around. I'm pretty sure Scale Galaxy dropped this on a Saturday, like 24 hours after seeing the scene play out. That is impressive. Yeah. Somebody, I think Rick Emmert said it might be a Django head that he kind of Django like has the hair, hair though. Like, I mean, Django has hair on the head. I don't know. I mean, and, and this looks even way too detailed for that. Uh, who yeah, gives man, a shit? I, it's a badass looking shot and everyone should go check out at scale galaxy. Yeah. All this one is word. Beautiful. I mean, fucking hot toys needs to get in touch with this dude and be like, Hey, uh, can you just, make our line like make our old boba fett for us and then just put it out there all right so scale has he's still here he did not gosh he did did not thanks for sticking around he did not boycott the show even though his segment was literally dead last and we went almost 30 minutes longer than we've ever gone so we speak your name at scale galaxy your patience is impressive hopefully you will keep tagging and listening to the show while I am a bit unhinged at times, hopefully you've, you've been here for the full journey. <laughs> you've heard the initial meltdown, and I think by the end, you may have heard some of the justification for said meltdown. You know, when you got people making arguments to me and calling me an <laughs> idiot, and then they shit on their own argument in the argument, I think justifies my love at this point in time, right? That right. Madonna line, justify justify my love uh, but yeah at scale galaxy um so it is a Django head i was wrong according to the creator here it's an old black series Django head which is even worse because i mean that was like pre any photo real shit uh had to do quite a lot of work on that well hey dude i don't know what type of work you do but if you ever want to get into action figure sculpting i think you have a talent yeah, absolutely. Like like Nick said, you know, go go work for Hasbro, sculpt some faces. I mean, that that does look Hot Toys quality. Yeah, that's that was my first thought was like, wow, I didn't know that like 
Well, I knew that they hadn't put out a, a figure of this, but I was like, man, I didn't even think no, there was that's like the a thing. face Nick, close to no, it. No, that's a little six-inch figure, my friend. That That's, that's not even like Hot Toys. That, that This is the the not the little, little guys, but it's the six-inchers. Yeah, I mean, that's Just fucking impressive. Absolutely brilliant work. I, I mean, we, we I've seen a lot of good customs out there. I'm sure OAC's working on one. Uh, there's another customizer I follow. I think Johnny Osage or something like that. He's got a good one out there. 12 Parsec Customs. I don't know if he's done one, but he had a fantastic uh, Rosario Ahsoka custom. It's just the creativity and the ability that comes from the Star Wars fan art community. It never ceases to amaze me. Yeah. Yeah. So never. I mean- that's it's incredible work just from like you mentioned the even like the weathering on the armor to the chain cove vfx to the positioning of din with the uh the spear off to the side the face is just spot on perfect i mean it's a it's a beautiful shot all around by at scale galaxy on instagram so make sure to give him a follow on the ig show him some love there's a ton of great stuff on here as well and and i mean that really does take us to the end of the show under the four hour mark thank god uh, but but uh we'll see if matt can extend it uh, an extra five minutes with oh the yeah dance. okay well, hold on i'll just sit here and stretch for a little bit yeah just like, maybe try to get some gas yeah. out see if i have uh. any no no farts in the in the chamber <laughs> wow I, I just wish i had talent like people like Scale Galaxy making this stuff. It's impressive. The, the customizers really are some of my favorites. So hopefully OAC isn't too upset. Uh, but the, the stuff they do is just absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of kit bashing. It's a little bit of their own artistry. It's even, again, just having the, the foresight to know which figures to grab from. So we speak all your names as we do, but as Nick said, it is time to finally put this episode to bed. Episode 140. What a journey. The longest ever. It started off contentious, kind of leveled out. Then I got angry again. Then it leveled out. Then I got angry again. It's pretty much my normal life. Just ask my wife. Not an easy person to coexist with. Oh, yes, Bat, I did see the, what are we talking about all, no, I, I, the the OAC has like a thousand Mandalorian, like Death Watchers, it's impressive, check that one out. Oh yes, I I do know what you're talking about now, sorry, off track, we gotta put the show to bed. Yeah. You guys are doing your best to get us to four hours, but I will not partake, it's time to go. I'm pretty sure my family has left me at this point, and I am like Boba Fett, stranded in the Dune Sea. I'm going to have to find the friend and rebuild her stomach <laughs> and then go hunt down another friend that stole my armor. But let's do it, man. Let's get that dance going. All right. Woo-hoo! And you know what time it is if we are dancing. It is time to remind all of you about StarWarsTime.net. StarWarsTime.net. Okay? That's where you can go to find all of our shitty content that we steal from other sites to talk about on this show. There are some times we actually post our own content, but even that stuff, no one checks out. So that's why we got to remind everyone at the end of the show, starwarstime.net, starwarstime.net. Yes, Jesse, sorry. We can't shoot the shit any longer. Going on four hours. 
I'm starting to just ramble. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I may get fired. So we have to say goodbye. But we do love you and we speak your name. So StarWarsTime.net, in all seriousness, this is our home base. This is our portal. This is your access to the Star Wars Time Show. It's where you can find all of our podcast platforms, which pretty much all of them, or at least the good ones out there. You know, Spotify, we had some good growth. Pandora, we had some good growth. But we still need more. Ratings and reviews. I know I said it a thousand times, and I guarantee you the 20 people on here still have not done ratings and reviews. Some of you may have, some of you may have not. Trust me, it's more important than you think. Just look at these recent Easter egg videos. We've been getting them into the thousands, thankfully, because those of you finally come in and you like them and you comment. We got to game the system, just like Nick was talking last week when he was releasing spoilers four hours after the latest episode of Mandalorian. While it may be a dicky thing to do, he's 100% right, because what did it do? It generated interactions, which kept the post in front of people, which got more and more and more reactions. So we need that on the podcast platforms. More importantly, we need it on YouTube. So the subbing, the liking, the commenting, as simple as it sounds, as basic as it sounds, it means everything to us. Remember, we're not, we're not asking for donations. All we're asking is for your fandom and to spread the word and to try not to get me too riled up in between shows. It's not nice because you will kill me. When you, when you turn this show on one day and it's just Nick because I've had a stroke, it will be on the likes of you shit-talking me about Star Wars. Okay? I take no personal responsibility for my actions. It's the American way. And why, why should you do this? Why should you convince these people? It's not to make us money. You know how much money I've lost on Star Wars Time Show? Too much. But it's because this is what we love to do. We love talking Star Wars. You love listening to Star Wars. You love yelling at me about Star Wars. So you know there are other people out there that will probably enjoy the same thing. And besides, there's always time for Star Wars time. We all know this. We need to convince more people of it. It is the creed. It is our creed. We are dummies of the watch. We don't have helmets. We don't have anything that even makes sense. But we do know there's always time for Star Wars time. And we want to share that time with as many idiots as possible. And besides, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.